Michael Jackson makes a movie, Kevin Smith makes a porno, and Pumbaa makes a fart. This week on 30 Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 302010, the internet's leading pop culture time machine, taking you back 30, 20, and 10 years ago. Get it? Come on. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista. Who else is with us? Uh, Star Wars star Diana Goodman. (laughs) It's me, Sarah. Sometimes a real see you next Tuesday. You're not going to say the word yet? Not yet. She's teasing the word. It's going to be great, people. <laughs> Lots of foul language coming up on this show, uh, and including a bunch of uh, weirdo TV shows. It is officially Halloween in, mov- in the world of movie theaters, uh, television stations, even books. No, it's not Halloween in books. It so- is Halloween. Oh, it is? Okay. It is. You can confirm that. Uh, not in video games, even though we are about to see the release of one of the biggest video game systems of, of the last 30 years. Uh, yeah, that we are looking at the years of 1988, 1998, and 2008 in the field of October 26th through November 1st. 30 and 20, 10 years ago. I hope you got it by now. Uh, potential new listeners, stick with us because we have a lot of fun movies to talk about and a lot of really awesome TV premieres, including even 2008. It so rarely happens. So stay with us. Anyway, beginning like we always do in 1998, October 26th through November 1st. Uh, and what a week it was, sort of. At least Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers was number one at the box office, which now I really wish I would have seen uh, because I went to Universal Shitty Walk to see mm-hmm. Mystery Science Theater 3000 uh, live. And mm-hmm. the Halloween Horror Nights this year is themed after Stranger Things, Poltergeist, and specifically Halloween 4, oh. The Curse of Michael oh, Myers. Okay. And I, I thought I'd seen the movie. I still don't understand how you theme an entire night after something like that. Because really, it's just a collection of haunted houses and an excuse to keep Harry Potter and Marvel World open late. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I didn't do any of that. I went to the free place and saw MST3K Live. It was fantastic. Uh, and I can't wait for that new season on Turkey Day. In fact, hey. I think I didn't know Turkey Day was so significant. We'll find out later this year. I'll just tease that. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, how about that? Hi. Hi, everyone. Let's talk about the movies of 1998, October 26th through November 1st. Why did my preamble go so long this time? Uh, we have so many other shows where I can talk about shit I did on the weekend. Yeah. This isn't a bonus time. That's the big hurricane update. Uh, I really liked titling it, This is the Story of the Hurricane. Uh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> uh, but movies of 1998, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, is number one at the box office. Good on you, John Carpenter. You'll also appear later uh, in another decade on mm-hmm. uh, Halloween. It's another number one movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, these are the movies that are out of 1998. Uh, wow, okay. I have not seen The Vanishing. 1988, my bad. I can't read shit. Uh, 1988, I have not seen The Vanishing. The original Dutch version. The same filmmaker then went and made an English language remake with Kiefer Sutherland that's not supposed to be as good. Mm. But the original is very creepy in that there's a couple and, you know, the the woman just sort of goes missing. And then, like, the guy calls the the boyfriend and is like, I I will tell you what happened to her. In fact, I'll let you experience what happened to her. Well, I didn't see that, but I definitely saw the next film, uh, my dad being a big nature guy, as well as my sister. Bear, this is like, I feel like this is probably a movie you ended up watching in a public school on a rainy day when the yeah. teacher was hungover. The Bear, right. starring Bart the Bear. How would we describe The Bear, Diana? Um, it's a, I mean, it's not a documentary. It is a narrative <laughs> film about a bear 
that's supposed to take place in the Canadian Rockies, but I just found out is filmed in the Alps because mm-hmm. it's a French film. Uh, Laws. Mm. I did not know that because I mean, it just it looks so beautiful that I figured it was Canada because the Canadian Rockies are so pretty. Uh, yeah, it's about a bear and uh, he loses his mom and then he goes off and has adventures. He meets a person or two. He fights a cougar. It's not narrated. He doesn't have a cute like Milo and Otis kind of narration or anything. No. It's just it's just your main character is a bear. Here's his <laughs> okay. He, he is given a human voice though, but only for like grunts and whining. It, <laughs> yeah. Because he'll be like running right. like that's when he's running already, away. Oh, that's already making me sad, which means I probably can't watch. Well, this. now imagine the sound in an adjacent room and it turn you on. Uh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, but the bear, I saw a, a ton. I guess it's it's like Milo and Otis without that stink of animal cruelty all over it. Mm. Uh, it's yeah. it's totally worth seeing because I don't know if another film like that Disney made a ton of movies like this in the '60s where you just follow around an animal and they try and weave a narrative around it because they were losing money hand over fist. I think they did a couple right. a couple years ago, too. Did, did they? they? No, they, they yeah, tend they to... Were, they were more documentary style. Oh, yeah, they tend to buy Planet like, Earth documentary footage and call it something else. Gotcha. I don't know why they do that because I always see Planet Earth first, man. You think I'm going to see it? documentary just because Disney name is on it? Uh, but this, this was like a staple of cable television for a really long time, and it's completely safe for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Bear... Feds, I did not see. Rebecca DeMornay. Oh, wait, we don't want to hear what this trailer sounds like. Yeah, it was hard to find a trailer with mm-hmm. talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I found one. He lost his mother and his way, but he never lost his will to survive. What he found can only be seen through the eyes of the bear. The most unique adventure story ever filmed. The bear. I'll, I'll oh take that. God. It is a very unique adventure story. Yeah. And it's it's yeah. it's one of the things that'll hold up for a really long time because I don't know if anybody's gonna make a movie starring just a bear. A real bear. Probably not. A real bear with additional help once again with Jim Henson's creature shop making fake bears. Mm-hmm. Uh how about that? Yep, for close ups and fightings and stuff. They mm-hmm. weren't actually making Bart the Bear fight anybody. Oh, thank God. Well, that's the thing. If you see enough human beings in bear costumes and elephant costumes, I don't trust real elephants and bears. They look too much like people in costumes. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> I hate it. I we hate it. We went to like a bear or an animal sanctuary in Alaska, and there was a bear standing on its hind legs, yeah. like eating off of a tree or just something. A guy. And I was like, this just looks like a guy. I saw that British tuna commercial. <laughs> I know it's going to happen. He's going to fight the fishermen. Oh, God. What's wrong with us? <laughs> uh, it's real. It, it could get me killed. It's it was weird. In a different decade, I wouldn't be alive anymore. But uh, there's a, another movie this week called Feds with Rebecca DeMornay and Mary Gross called Feds. If they're going to become federal agents, come on, we're young, we're single, we're heavily armed. It's going to require a lot of teamwork. Double action or single action? Double or single. Uh, whatever. You know my taste. A lot of field work. Oh, you got a tattoo? Yeah, I got a tattoo. Whip it out. And a lot of footwork. It's kind of cute. DeWitt and Zuckerman. Together, they just might graduate the toughest course known to woman. FBI, freeze! Rebecca DeMornay. I hope the people of the United States of America will be able to sleep better knowing that women like us have guns. And Mary Gross. You're talking to me? You're kidding. I didn't think so. To law enforcement. Feds. Yeah, feds. Oh my God, it's pink. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I've never seen Mary Gross star in anything before. Yeah, uh, I know. 
top line, but she's an immensely talented uh, SNL person that got kind of lost in the garbage of the '90s. But she was she was awesome on SNL. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, she's all she pops up in tons of movies throughout this period in tiny little parts. Never a starring role, though. I'm shocked to find out this exists. Yeah, um, as will many yeah, Americans. Yeah, it's supposed to not be very good. No. Um, I like I like the idea, especially as a as a date a dated premise. The idea of like women can be in the FBI. That's silly. They can't climb up walls fast enough. It's like that's not like what they do all the time. Didn't, really, you're. I mean, didn't Sandra Bullock just make work. that movie again? Like, <laughs> that's actually a lot of what the FBI does is super boring and not climbing yeah, up walls. There's a lot the of investigative part. paperwork, yeah. uh, you know, forensic, forensic accounting. accounting. <laughs> yeah, repel these, de- these depositions, bitch. Yeah. Like you're not going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I mean the idea of having like a light comedy, it's like, it kind of makes me think of private Benjamin I in a weird way. I was just about to say that. Yes. It's supposed to not be very funny, which Aww. that's, that'll sink any premise. Yeah, I, I still can't. I find the idea of two women rappelling through a window with shotguns like it's still an interesting image that you don't see very often. Yeah, especially when one of them is Mary Gross, who's just so sweet and kind, and she's got a little bowl cut, oh, and she's, she's just like your friend's mom. Awful librarian here, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you people didn't see that. Americans might be surprised that Michael Jackson had a movie out this week because it didn't come out here. Uh, that right. that's its release got canceled and it got busted down straight to video for reasons I'm not exactly clear on, but Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, starring uh, a little man called Michael Jackson. Yes, Michael Jackson and Joe Pesci is out. The music, the magic, the madness, the man, Michael Jackson. Nothing could prepare you for his movie. Moonwalker. A movie like no other. Stop. This is... I love this movie. So why did this not get a big release? It's not a movie, man. It's it's a movie. There's no... There's, it's it's a movie in the same way like Tales from the Dark Side is a movie or a creep okay. show. You could call it an anthology. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. mostly the music video, some of them extended, uh, except for the Smooth Criminal one, which is where shit gets crazy. Yes. We're not, shit not only gets crazy, I think American audiences, and we'll find out more who brought it to us in a second, are more familiar with the video game. Uh, Moonwalker, yeah. which is solely based on the smooth criminal portion of Moonwalker, hmm. uh, where he's uh-huh. in the gangster hat, he leans side to side, sure. all that shit. But, Does uh, he turn into a robot or a car? No, he doesn't do that, but I am reminded that he turns into a robot with the help of Will Venton, who we just lost uh, somewhat recently, mm. the guy who made the California Raisins and the Claymation Christmas, and I think his company eventually became like who? Uh, the Coraline and hmm. Night Before oh, Christmas people, yeah. Oh. I believe it did, but he was a, a stop-motion pioneer, even. <laughs> he made sure to copyright the term claymation so no one else could use it. Uh, but he made a big... Because these sequences are amazing. It, mm-hmm. it includes my favorite Michael Jackson video, Leave Me Alone. It's yes, it's, it's fantastic. Thank you. I wanted to bring that up. Yeah, it's, I love that video. It only because the video is amazing, and looking back, I've always liked it, but now I look at it now, and it's... It's got Liz Taylor and his monkey in it and like art clippings. He's flying around his own amusement park in this weird 10 frame a second animation sequence. Uh, but it's the most personal Michael Jackson song. He's mm-hmm. actually, he's not pretending to be in love with somebody and he's not mm-hmm. serenading anyone. He's telling, leave me the fuck alone. Let me do what I want. Yeah, he has a couple of those throughout his career. Yeah, yeah, but this is probably, I guess, the most famous because it has the most lavish music video. Well, 
I'm pretty sure Scream was his most famous Leave Me Alone. We know how much you like Scream. The most expensive one. I mean, we know how much you like Scream. I just don't know. It doesn't cut as personal as as Leave Me Alone. That's that's a very direct response to the media and the paparazzi as he's literally flying past them in a spaceship in his backyard. It's fucking crazy. It's surreal. Yeah. Uh, And then he dances with the bones of the elephant man. (laughs) That's true. It's true. While Joe Pesci deals heroin. Yeah, that's weird. Enjoy right. that, kids. Yeah, that part, like the Joe Pesci part, is all—it's very strange. It's a weird artifact of yeah. I feel like Michael Jackson getting to do whatever he wants, mm-hmm. and a lot of the videos and the ideas—they're freaking great. I don't know how much input he has on them. The, the they, smooth they... criminal part with the Joe Pesci and the turning into a robot and the drugs—that feels like him. Yeah, this was—I could see him just. Like, and then I'm gonna turn into a robot, and that way I'll free all the children. And they and they, like, they also reshoot okay, Michael. they reshoot the bad video with just children, uh, right. in the parking yeah that's right I do remember that it's difficult because like I've maybe seen this intact in Moonwalker form once and that was when MTV had this mega Michael Jackson weekend where mm-hmm. it's the only it's the the only time I saw Captain EO during its original run and why you find the only reason you find it on YouTube is because MTV showed it once and everybody recorded it hmm. uh, but Moonwalker it's one of those weird '80s memories of like. I feel like I was witness to the marketing for a year and then nothing happened. And then I heard nothing of it ever again. And then it, I, I didn't hear about it again until it was on TV because they just pulled it from American theaters. It was supposed to come out in the Christmas for us. But why? Why, why I don't did know. it not? I, it okay. may, I, I'm guessing it underperformed overseas because it came out in Europe first. That's just so insane to me in 1988 that right. a Michael Jackson movie would not do well we're, enough to get a full In list. Europe, where Diana yeah. confirmed they right. showed the ALF TV movie in yeah. theaters. They yeah. have clearly yes. don't have a lot of taste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that movie's out and should have been number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. We can move into television. Uh, 1988. Ooh, Diana, did you put this note in here? David? I, I did. David, the TV movie starring little, little Matthew Lawrence, Bernadette Peters, and John Glover. Um, oh, my God. This is when... I hate laughing at it, but I have to laugh at it so hard. But it's based on a true story of a non-custodial dad who set his kid on fire. What? The idea of like, if I can't have you, no one can. So he, he tried to burn his child alive. Oh and the God. kid survived with just horrendous burns. And then it's a TV movie about him like coming back from the brink. But it's kind of funny because it's little, little baby Matthew Lawrence. He's just wrapped head to toe in gauze like a mummy. <laughs> and there's like, you know... David, who did this to you? He's like, my dad did this to me. He's the bad man. Holy crap. And I feel so bad that I'm, I should not be laughing at this poor child. But it's... there's just, he looks like a Halloween mummy. And it's so funny. Well, I, that's, I did try and do my best. I almost didn't highlight anything happening this week if it wasn't a debut or cancellation or if it wasn't Halloween related. Because mm. I think okay. I think TV should be applauded when it actually bothers to make a Halloween episode and release it this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did, for the most part. Um, we have, uh, well, not with growing pains, Birth of a Seaver, The Birth of Chrissy, who gives a shit, uh, on October 26th. Also on the 26th, Tan- Tattinger's <laughs> debuts on NBC, an hour-long comedy drama that wasn't... Remember that show Up All Night that NBC wouldn't let yes. go of? yeah. They... They cancel the hour-long ver- like drama comedy and then bring it back as a three-camera half-hour sitcom right. later in the year. And then it cancels yeah. it again. They would not let go of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the oddest, one of the odder things I'd seen. On CBS, uh, Jesus, this is, I didn't know their reputation for appealing to old people went back this far. 
the Dick <laughs> the Dick Van Dyke show is a distant memory, but it's you know it's worthy of all its praise, starring uh, Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore. Both Dick Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore are given their own show airing together on the same night mm-hmm. that they're not in. Dick Van Dyke is uh, is on a traditional sitcom, The Van Dyke Show, Ooh, which uh, is creative. Which I'm, I shouldn't be saying that word, but it's called that because him and his uh, son Ben Van Dyke or something like that mm-hmm. are, are star as father and son. And Annie McGuire, a uh, single camera show with uh, Mary Tyler Moore, uh, who is yeah, yeah, and that that airs the same night. They are both canceled within hours. Uh, but, wow. <laughs> but they and there's here's a awful dumb promo. Wednesday, Dick moves into a bachelor pad. Have you made any new friends yet? What would you hear? But single life in the 80s is a ticklish affair. The Van Dyke Show. He jumps out the window. Uh, but that's it. Uh, these shows aren't notable for any reason. Um, but I did want to applaud Perfect Strangers and the shows on uh, ABC. Uh, Full House had a Halloween episode. You can see uh, Uncle Jesse, Jesse, Joey, and Danny dressed up like the Three Stooges. Sweet. Fine. Yeah. Uh, but Perfect Strangers... No one does Halloween as good as The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. I wish every show did that. Drop your continuity, make an actual special, we'll all accept it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. But he starts to suspect Balky is an actual alien with powers of levitation and reading that Mepos is actually an alien planet, and that's why <laughs> Balky is so strange. Halloween brings out the eerie truth about Balky. Planet Mepos discovered behind Pluto? Planet Mepos? Tacos in Perfect Strangers. Then Full House keeps on swinging. Here, try this. Sing this. I got you, babe. I'm Baker, babe. Shut up, Mary Kate. Um, and or Ashley. We are not sure. And uh, I think ABC was always pretty good about doing a Halloween episode. I feel like, though. Yeah, I think I think because I knew kids were watching, and yeah. I grew up to be a giant child, and yeah. I still expect something like that. So mm-hmm. I, I I do applaud them. They do it. They do it the next decade as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, this I don't have labeled, so we're all going to be surprised. Okay. Six days from tonight, it's the season's hottest series premiere. Are you ready for Dirty Dancing? Saturday I am. Eight. I am ready. Dirty, <laughs> Dirty Dancing, the series debuted this week, which I've never ever heard of. Neither um, have I. Yeah, because wow. even, even the producers are like, we're following pretty closely to the movie. Um, kind of out of episodes and like we don't know where we're going from after the movie there's only so many backroom <laughs> abortions someone can have <laughs> i don't even know the movie that well but it takes place over a summer and i think they recast mm-hmm. baby as uh the dance instructor patrick swayze's character okay and what? they have to figure out something else for her, i think to keep her around um but eventually they hey don't get along at first and then they do I was more interested. I forgot that Paul Feig was an actor, so he's like yes. he's like the third lead in this show. Oh, well, that's cool! Wow. And you, if you watch the intro, you can see him like it looks like he's doing stand up comedy or something. <laughs> in of course, in a suit, he's yeah. never not in a suit. But on October thirtieth, I thought this was mildly interesting. Hey, you know I'm a Simpsons fan, and even though I'm not allowed to talk about it anymore, I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, uh, because on October thirtieth, uh, the Tracy Ullman show in between seasons has the Tracy Tracy Ullman one hour backstage special. Something that can only happen on Fox, where one of their semi-successful shows <laughs> gets an hour-long. It's been on for three years. You get, you care, you care. We're gonna do an hour-long <laughs> special about it. Um, but I, I never really get as a Simpsons fan. I never really get tired of seeing Dan Castellaneta and Julie Kavner like do shit that's not Marge and Homer, but doing it together because they did it all the time. I don't like the show, Tracy Ullman show. I, I do like Tracy Ullman, mm. uh, but I don't, I, I don't like the show very much. I don't think it holds up very well. No. Uh, it, yeah. all, all the character pieces are like super fucking big. 
But like, yeah, whenever Julie and Dane are on screen, you just get like all these, just a vaguely familiar voice. And I love that we get to play the audio of it. Tracy Ullman talking. Julie Kavner is, I met her first and immediately warmed to Julie. She's just... She, she just Julie. I can only do it by being her. It's like, wow, man. It's like, gonna be so great, man. I have a fear of spiders. <laughs> all right, well, that's a fairly common that's fear. That's not I'm all, sure doctor. When I'm standing on the street corner, mm-hmm. I have this fear that my bracelet will get caught on a moving vehicle and I'll be dragged down the street to my death. That's, that's Homer and Marge talking to one another a year and change before they would be Homer and Marge. Uh, and of course, the special veers into what would eventually be the only reason we still talk about Tracy Ullman's show. This is at the, like, the last five minutes. And who could forget The Simpsons? I very much like the use of animation in our show. I think the Simpson family are unusual and truthful. And it's, it's a lovely offbeat thing to put in our variety show format. And they're the work of a quietly mad cartoonist named Matt Graney. We're trying to really challenge the other cartoons out there, and I think that we do a fantastic job. We make the Smurfs look like Scooby-Doo. I'm not anything to do with the, with the cartoons. I'm not any of the voices at all. It's Julie and Dan do the voices, and, um... But I can do them if they want me to. It's a fashion statement, Dad. That horrible little boy. <laughs> and now we know that is not true. She did not like The Simpsons at all, and she oh. I, may have declined to do a voice in it, and later sued them trying to get some of that Simpsons money but uh yeah Tracy, Tracy Ullman eventually appeared on the show mm-hmm. but like yeah when the show came out it was like mostly Tracy Ullman show alum mm-hmm. uh very yeah. see I know you've heard a thousand times but very interesting yeah. moving out of television we um, have a Halloween-y book what book to talk about mm-hmm. yeah this week Queen of the Damned no, by shit. Anne Rice is oh. number one bestseller and will mm. be for a couple of weeks um this is the third in a in the series, starting with Interview with a Vampire, and then The Vampire Lestat, and then now Queen of the Damned. Well, with Aaliyah. Yes, with Aaliyah. Eventually. Exactly. Eventually. <laughs> and it's <Aaliyah>. terrible. <laughs> yeah, I have not seen the movie, and I, once I finish the book, I may watch the movie well, just to... The book at least worthwhile? No. Yeah. Th- it's well, bad. Oh, Diana says it's bad? I mean, bad. the movie. The movie's yeah. bad. Okay. Uh, the, the, book is, the book is good. It's very... Um, it's a little silly. <laughs> um, I'm not eh. super. No. I'm not super familiar with Anne Rice, um, so I'm. I have the whole series, and I'm definitely going to read it. I will pour it back at some point, maybe on bonus time when I've fully ingested it all. I mean, it's a perfect Halloween read. I've had a lot of fun this month, kind of mm. delving into it, um, and I definitely think that it, it's good. It's a. It's a good spooky, fun, fast kind of silly read for October. Um, and there's a reason why it was number one in the New York Times bestseller, because it's very accessible mm. and a f- just super fun. Mm. Well, I, mean, I guess it's a weird segue into video games, because this is not scary at all. Seacross, okay. the fucking futuristic motorbike game, pretty cool, decent <laughs> music, uh, makes its NES debut. But the bigger deal, uh, speaking of Moonwalker earlier, uh, in Japan, this arrives. Let's see here if you can make it out through the Japanese. Dune Sega, Sega Mega Drape, Uon Sega, Sega Mega Drape, 16 bit soft series. Sega! That Sega thing existed way back in 1988 in Japan, where the Sega Mega Drive debuted, otherwise known as the Sega Genesis, one of the, the highest selling consoles Ooh. ever made. Uh, it's released in only Japan because Sega at this point does not have a North American marketing wing. 
And if you were alive at this time, they did what Nintendo didn't. That that was literally their their campaign, uh-huh. and just signed on all these fucking American megastars to make these middling to shitty games like Joe Montana football and Tommy Lasorda baseball, and of course Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, the arcade game and the Genesis game, which eventually was is, is almost synonymous with the system. It's an exclusive for the Genesis. If after the first year of American appearance, you could usually get Moonwalker with the system. Uh, yeah, but the, the Mega Drive hits Japan, and I'm trying to war- reward some of the UK users a little bit by uh, saying things like Mega Drive because it was only the Genesis in North America. Mm. I don't exactly know the reason why, but uh, yeah, Christianity. That- Christianity could be Christianity. <laughs> uh, I think they'd want to play up the CD angle because that seems so futuristic. That's not out yet. That is that is a glimmer in Sonic the Hedgehog's eye, who is also a glimmer in Sega's eye. None of that exists what's, at this moment. What's the Mega Drive? Mega part? Drive is what they is what they called the uh, the Genesis. That's that's it. Okay, but, but it's still cartridges. Part? Yeah, it's still cartridges. Oh, okay. It's still uh, cartridges. Okay, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> sorry for the confusion, but uh, that is it for the video games of 1988, um, October 26th through November 1st. Um, a groovy kind of love by Phil Collins is still number one because white people are in charge. But we have other new musical <laughs> releases this week, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, new releases: the lit by uh, the, the Living Years by Mike and the Mechanics, uh, whose track is still number. Whose title track will hit number one next year? Are you familiar with this yeah. song? No. The Living Years? Uh, do, I, Ooh, do I know it, but not by this name? Loud, say it clear. Okay, I'm definitely familiar with this song. <laughs> oh. to yes, that song? It's, yeah, it's about <laughs> making nice with your dad before he dies. That is one of the most it's, definitively 80s songs I can fucking think of. If you listen to oh, yeah. it when your cycle is at the right place... <laughs> You will cry <laughs> until you drown in mm. your own tears. Making a note on yes. my moon cycle. Yes, calendar. yep. Put it on there. Um, <laughs> back in the USSR by Paul McCartney. What is it? That's uh, originally just released in the USSR, which remember, still a thing. Right. Um, and it's mostly like really early rock songs, you know, Lottie Miss Claudie kind of thing. And it, it was like a big hit. And then they just brought it out everywhere else. And I got a couple copies of it around here somewhere. Wow. It became very popular because it's, yeah, it's just like really early rock. Paul McCartney just killing it. So yeah, we want to get them slowly used to that rock and roll sound. <laughs> <laughs> Go way back for the Russians. They haven't heard anything but classical music, uh, exactly. which we discussed. There's so much Tchaikovsky. Oh, my God. <laughs> we discussed talking about that Billy Joel documentary. He's like the first rock musician to play a show in, mm-hmm. in, in the mm-hmm. USSR. Uh, Bug by Dinosaur Jr. is an album that is also out, as is Reach for the Sky by Rat with two T's. You know, the round and round guys. Uh, we would call them the, that we call that the fair song because oh, I right. never heard it of a human being's radio. That's uh, true. It would be played at every fairground on every ride. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the fair rides go round and round. Yes, you got they your tilt a whirl. You got your, you got them all. <laughs> your zip, your, your rainbow, Gravitron. Your, your tomahawk, your gravitron. Um, and <laughs> that's bringing me, oh, sorry. That's worth mentioning because we're going no, to the fair this right, year. Right. Like the fair, most fairs hit uh, for everyone around this time. Oasis by Roberta Flack. That's an album that's out. Flag by Yellow. Uh, Yellow, are they the Ferris Bueller theme song people? The Oh, yeah. I think so. How can there be yeah. another Yellow? That sounds right. <laughs> uh, 20 by Herrick Connick Jr., uh, who's pulling in Adele because he's 20 years older than she is. Uh, American Dream by Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Ultra Mega OK, Soundgarden's indie label debut, and Slick Rick's debut, The Great Adventures of Slick Rick, uh, which features children's story, and that's what we'll be closing out with. Nice. Stay tuned for more rap news. 302010 will be right back. Once upon a time not long ago, when 
and people wore pajamas and lived life slow. Well, laws were stern and justice stood. And people were behaving like they ought to good. There lived a little boy who was misled by another little boy. And this is what he said. Me and you tonight, we're gonna make some cash. Robbing old folks and making the dash. They did the job, money came with ease. But one couldn't stop, it's like he had a disease. He robbed another Stick and another and my sister and a brother. Tried to rob a man who was a DT undercover. Holy shit, coming with uh, Robbie Williams' Millennium. Excuse me, Millennium. Um, there's no need for that joke. Really Robbie like, Williams is his own thing. I really like that song. So do I. I, I actually really like Robbie I Williams. I love that song. Yeah. And that's a great sample out of uh, You Only Live Twice, P.S., which is why he does a bunch of James Bond-themed stuff around that song. And I, that's, it's weird because I'm not familiar with any of his previous work. He kind of launched as a solo act in the States. Like We were told he was in yeah. some band called Take That, I believe is how you pronounce it. Take that. Yes, take that. Uh, terrible name, but uh, yeah, I love that dude. I love that. I love that fucking video where he like strips down to his bones. Yes, it's amazing. Yes, that's a good I one. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we also have some. It's it's 1998. If Robbie Williams wasn't evidence enough, that's Millennium from I've Been Expecting You. Uh, that is out this week, October 26th through November 1st, 1998. Everyone, we also have new releases from. Oh, my parents are gonna be so happy. Napalm Death. Uh, <laughs> words from the Exit Wound. That's a great album, everyone. Good one for your lover. Uh, Enter the Drew by Drew Hill. Keep the Faith by Faith Evans is out. 1965 by the Afghan Whigs. No Place That Far by Sarah Evans. On a Day Like Today by Brian Adams. The Story of the Ghost by Fish. Up by R.E.M. And Christmas albums from Celine Dion, which is called uh, These Are Special Times. And Cindy Lauper's Merry Christmas, Have a Nice Life. <laughs> Those, are two- Those sound like totally opposite. It's very glib, Cindy. <laughs> Yeah, I was so happy to see them together. I'm like, oh, they need to go on tour together. I mean, That'd be great. Yes, opposite uh, voices in a lot of ways. Yeah, opposite yeah. tones. Man, they should do a terrible duet while they're still alive. I would love it. <laughs> That'd be amazing. And of course, the first night by Monica Monica is still number one. Ew. Once again, we are smacked. I don't know. I don't. I, it, he's off that uh, boy is her strength. I think everybody th- everybody thought Brandy got the boy, and this is uh, this is pity buying in the and singles charts. This is why. Brandy got the boy. Once again, smack dab in 1998. A uh, little news to bring you in. Uh, October 27th, uh, Clinton signs the Sonny Bono Copyright Term Extension Act. What? Which basically freezes copyrights issued after 1923 in the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, which focuses on copyrights at the on the internet. Oh, yep, you will still see DMCA takedown notices to mm-hmm. this day. This is why. Because of Sonny. But why Sonny Bono? He was alive. Well, the first one is Sonny Bono. No, Sonny Bono is dead. He He's had dead died in the year before. I should have known that. I just passed his bust in the Palm Springs airport on the Sonny Bono con- concourse. Oh, good. But, <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's it's another one of these uh, Disney-backed copyright term limit things for copyright so that Mickey Mouse will never fall in public domain ever, ever, ever. Even though he essentially has. like he's uh, Yeah. He's all so, over the way. He has too much right. merchandise and entertainment. Like, trust me, Disney is not policing anything Mickey did in black and white. Uh, I, I don't know why they keep upholding this. You can still own Mickey yeah. and, like, let go of some of that old shit. So but, I, yeah, the DMCA 
that's a big deal because they finally realized, oh, the internet is a thing and people can just pirate movies and send them to oh, each yeah. other or music or images or video games or whatever. And so, yeah, type, pick, pick a movie that's in theaters right now and type in Venom Streaming Online. And you will get a thing about <laughs> some of these links were taken down right. because of the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Right. Because you Sorry don't have the copyright to distribute that movie. This is true. And you should never pirate a film unless you're really yeah. serious about making a pop culture podcast. <laughs> and in that case, you should reach out to me because I lost my MySpleen login and I could really use another one if you have one. Chris Antista on Facebook. <laughs> uh, October 29th, on October 29th, Hurricane Mitch. Uh, hit Central America, killing 18,000. Oh, my God. I mean, he sounds like yeah. a mildly annoying 12-year-old, but Mitch? Yeah, I, I don't remember that at all. I don't either. Mm -mm. That's terrible. Well, because brown people died, so you don't care. Well, definitely Racist. not in 98. <laughs> wasn't wasn't anyway, ready to care then. The same day, though, you probably remember when John Glenn, who was the fifth person to go into space in 1962, he goes back into space again. He's 77. Wow. I do remember that. I do that. remember this. <laughs> I do remember. And I remember at the time, I wasn't even that cynical. I'm like, this is a publicity stunt and nobody cares. Yeah. Because like, he, yep. he did a bunch of cooler stuff in space, but you're trying to get us to pay attention to this yet another boring space run right. by putting a guy I don't remember on the mission. Uh, and yeah. I'll, well, oh. let's let's put not Ed Harris, who's also a senator, <laughs> and we'll put him into space, and then we'll make a movie with Clint Eastwood about it, kind of. Yeah, you should have put Barney the Dinosaur in, so we can all pray for a challenging disaster again. What? Oh, that got dark. <laughs> I, 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 it's Yay. one of those stats I never get tired of, because I know we said it on the show, but um, Carol Spinney just retired doing Big Bird. And they put that teacher on the Challenger because it was supposed to be Big Bird. Mm -hmm. He was supposed to be on that flight, so he would have blown up. Oh, my up. God. That's uh, and, and he had to back out. Oh, that's uh, And that's why they put a They wanted the students to be able to connect sure. to someone. And I don't know how it went from Big Bird to this random teacher. You don't want to go over to, like, Mr. Rogers or something? No, oh, Mr. Rogers. Don't even joke about that. Yeah, he'll never die. Um, November 1st in the news of 1998. Uh, the and then... November 1st. I like to point this one out. Uh, the journal Nature publish, uh, publishes a DNA study proving that Thomas Jefferson fathered some of Sally Hemings's children. Sally Hemings was his property. Mm -hmm. It was quite a few, was it not? He, he fathered uh, quite a, a few children yeah. from his slaves. A couple. Yeah. And also, Sally Hemings was probably the half-sister of Jefferson's wife via her dad <laughs> and a slave. Wow. Yeah. Uncomfortable. So that's fun. But <laughs> If you want to see a, a fun photo that I can just call this is the future the liberals want, there's a picture of like there's there's like a, a organization of Jefferson descendants. And then they finally started like letting Sally Hemings's descendants come to their like oh. annual barbecue or whatever. So there's a picture of basically all these really boring white people. Mm -hmm. And then a bunch of really happy black people like <laughs> sitting in front, like woo! It's like they're photo bombing. That is one of those wow. Obama combo breakers. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's fantastic. There's just, there's just a couple like really happy church-looking ladies in front, like yeah! Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, also, 1998. We got to talk about some movies. You know, it's very rare that we bring up a straight-to-video film, but uh, this is probably important. Oh, this isn't even the one I was thinking of. Oh, I messed up the intro. Uh, I was thinking of Lion King one and a half. No, no, no. This oh. is the film. I'm sure Pumbaa farts in this one, too. <laughs> to the greatest Disney adventure ever. We're on a like stink on a warthog. Hey! That brings you together again with your favorite Lion King friends. I love moments like this. <laughs> the Lion King 2 Simba's Pride on video today. 
No, this is this is pretty standard behavior at Disney so far, but the Lion King movies look particularly good mm-hmm. as far as straight to video sequels go. And then for some as reason they go, yeah. <laughs> one and a half I did end up watching like it was on TV and I watched it out of curiosity and you could tell I could tell the new footage. Oh, of course. But then I was also like well into my twenties, so it's not really for me. Mm-hmm. But even as a kid, I could always tell difference in animation quality. Yeah. Me. Yeah. I mean I couldn't I couldn't tell animation quality necessarily. I could just tell something is wrong and I don't like this portion. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this is all new footage though, right? Simba's pride, right? It, it's mm-hmm. more it's it's more astonishing. They did a ton of these straight to video things, but like Lion King had a huge celebrity cast, and I don't think anybody thought you couldn't get Robin Williams in for Return of Jafar. You're not getting anybody back, and they got everybody back. Yeah, everybody came back and did something, and some new people, and some new people like James Marston and Nev Campbell. That's right. Uh, I'm sure you kids remember that one better than I do. Let us know in the comments. We got a whole comment show, people. Uh, but also out this week, Holly Hunter, Queen Latifah, and Danny DeVito star in Living Out Loud. Judith has always played it safe. I'm a little sad tonight. My husband left me. But now she's taking action. I want to stop agreeing to things I don't really want. Then stop. Taking a chance. What do they do? Makes you want to just touch everybody. And taking charge. Is there any uh, specific areas you'd like to concentrate on? Can I decide later? Holly Hunter, Danny DeVito, Queen Latifah, Living Out Loud, directed by Richard Lagravenace. So basically, how Holly Hunter got her group back? A little bit. This is that's yeah. the oddest bit of casting I think I've ever seen. They're covering a lot of demographics. Oh boy, uh, that's a very nineties. <laughs> so I, I just thought I'd mention this is the first directorial film of Richard Lagravenace, who's written some amazing screenplays. Duh. Uh, so he did. Fisher King, The oh. Ref, A Little oh. Princess, Bridges oh. of Madison County, oh. Horse Whisperer. Okay, okay, okay. I've heard of him. Yep. Uh, I probably will forget uh, the name at the end of the show, but what's his name again? Richard Lagrevenez. Lagrevenez. Uh, I'm going to get a big pasta tonight with a big Lagrevenez. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I never saw this film. Does that have anything to do with coming out? No. No? I, I don't know, but I, for some reason, the duo of Holly Hunter and Queen Latifah, like, that feels right. Yeah, it's intriguing to me. <laughs> it really does. What yeah. a great couple. I, I like that. I, I never would have thought of that, but yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, I'd watch five fucking seasons of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yes, and then I yes, would also this watch, seems more like a TV show. I would definitely watch a lot of Holly Hunter rubbing Danny DeVito's head. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is part of the trailer. <laughs> uh, and and just because I have, I always associate that term with being gay. Because I swear I own a coffee mug that is Disney saying. Look, guys, we all know what Chip and Dale are because mm-hmm. it just says live, living out loud, and on the back, it's them touching butts Aww, to get through. I'm like, yeah. Aww. And then my gay friends use them as cake toppers at their wedding, and I'm like, dude, let's bring these characters out. Yeah. They clearly, Aww. there's only, they only have like one cartoon where they care about a lady. Anyway, oh God, Jesus, I was trying to make this light <laughs> conversation, but now we have to get into uh, probably the most notable movie of uh, the week. Yep. Uh, Ooh, Faruza Balk, Avery Brooks, Brooks Stacy Keach, Beverly D'Angelo, Edward Furlong, doing handling the narration, or is that just at the end? Uh, and Edward no, Norton in American History X. I'm asking you to do whatever's in your power. You know what you're gonna do? You're gonna be shot by a bunch of white boys. I am out, and Danny is out too. And if you come near my family again, I will feed you your heart. What's happening, Dad? I don't think you realize what's been going on here. We are ten times what we were. They're after you, man. They're gonna come for me. They're gonna come for me. There ain't nothing I can do. Hey, Danny! Get it! Get it! Man, uh, I haven't seen this in a while, but I watched this 
almost constantly. Um, Why? I don't know because it was like just super fucking heavy. I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's just the kind of movie that dudes disappear into. It's super violent in parts. Yeah. Uh, and and just like the the notion of like, wow, I can't believe Nazis might exist because uh, yeah. I've never seen one before. They're not on the news every day, che- mm-hmm. cheering for the president. Mm-hmm. And, oh, sorry, sorry. Once again, I kid our Mad King and our Nazi listeners. Uh, <laughs> yeah, self-proclaimed so nationalist. <laughs> sorry, Dad. Right. Go ahead. So I watched this last night, and I was. Really not wanting to because remember we did apt people last week and that that one ended up giving me the willies because it felt like very realistic in how disaffected young white men get interested in Nazism. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this one less gave me the willies. It gave me the willies in plenty of parts, though, because there's a couple scenes where I feel like they got the psychology right of how, dis- again, disaffected white dudes with not much going on start blaming everyone else for their problems and next thing you know they're nazis or oh i'm sorry white nationalists or identitarians you're nazis and y'all gonna lose identitarians is that a term identitarian is that's a new one. Oh, it sounds <laughs> like they're ever. eating look something. if your greatest accomplishment is what color you were born which you have <laughs> no control over mm-hmm. the best thing about you me you need to get a hobby yeah the best thing about me where my parents fucked yeah, yeah. take 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 guitar lessons man yeah, yeah. build Paint a, a picture. house do something because that's not an accomplishment and I, I remember anyway. my friends and I laughing at the lines in the movie because it just seems so implausible that a human being could be like this uh, and and I, I'd be afraid to watch it again so um, real quick though the plot of it it looks like Edward Norton's going undercover yes Edward Norton used to yeah, head up this yeah. this Nazi organization and then he goes to prison and all okay. those are shot in black and white right Die all the flashbacks okay, I was right. just ask, why, did I, why did I think this movie was only in black and white and, and that's that's okay. what the story of the why. movie is it's like how you get out of this gotcha. and like and it turned then the moral of the story is it can be hard and it can cost you a lot uh, mm-hmm. once you get involved with shitheads like this uh, mindless reactionaries with with zero sense of identity. I don't know, but I do I do like Norton's relationship with oh, what's that guy's name? He he kind of I think he bailed on acting after a while. He's like hyper Christian, the black dude in the prison. Who he develops a friendship. Avery Brooks, with. yeah, or no, the, no. The, well, Avery Brooks is the teacher. There's no the yeah, guy, the sort of the the guy who works the in the laundry lesson, room with him. Yeah, there's that. That's sort of the lesson in the movie is that he once he goes to prison. He first, he, you know, goes and starts, you know, hanging out with the Aryan nation just so they'll have his back. And because he's a true believer, then he starts getting mad at them because they're not true believers. What do you mean you're dealing with the Mexicans? But we're white. (laughs) And then he starts kind of like a a black guy starts just talking to him like a regular person. And he realizes that, you know, they're just people, man. Oh, fuck. I, I read all the literature without actually meeting one of these guys. No. Oh, no. Oh, my God. They actually have humanity and they're relating to me in a normal way. He speaks then, English and everything. It's great. Yep, then the Aryans turn on him and, yeah, sexual assault alert. Mm-hmm. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. Very, very upsetting scene. Um, yeah. And then he just realizes, oh, shit. When you just hate everybody all the time, it's like fucking baggage. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to be happy because you're so filled with hate. So I'm just going to go try to get along to you know be a decent person but then when he gets out he sees his younger brother edward furlong who's actually pretty damn good in this right yeah he's also become a skinhead and so he's trying to sort of get him out yeah oh, and his beautiful ex-girlfriend feruza bulk is still fucking head head over heels into this nazi thing and yeah. <laughs> uh, she's oh. creepy looking though. she's got yeah. the super thin 90s eyebrows oh, i don't know fantastic. why we did eyebrows so thin in the late 90s but it makes her look 
spooky. They always freak me out. Fantastic. We are not enemies. But, I can't remember that last narrate. I don't know. I really like the movie though. I, yeah, I, it's I, it's a good movie. It's a movie completely bereft of any subtlety. Yeah. Don't don't think that you're going to. It's not much of a thinker. I guess it's a little bit of a thinker. The behind the scenes is kind of more fun than the movie, honestly. Really? Why? Uh, well, the director was a music video director, and he had he basically he had it taken away from him in the editing room because he mm. gave him a cut that they didn't like, and so they went through a couple different cuts with Edward Norton actually helping with some of the editing. And then the director, Tony Kay, started taking out ads in Variety about, like, the death of art and <laughs> the betrayal. And oh he my. disavowed the final cut and said he That's wanted right. to have Alan Smithy on it and sued the studio over it. And it was just a clusterfuck. Wow. That is interesting. Is, yeah. This isn't like, first... That should be its own movie. This Someone needs to make that movie. This isn't the first time I've heard of Edward Norton wanting to get involved with editing, though, right? No, he's done. I think he takes. He kind of has some kind of clause in that in most of his does that contracts. A lot. And, and then, yeah, it signed on to that Marvel film as so he right. could write it. That's right. Uh, dude likes the process of making movies, not just being in them. Interesting. So I'll give him that. Yes, I think this might be the first time where that became a thing. Where mm. I don't think he he didn't like get final cut, but like he he was helping, or maybe mm-hmm. I don't know what they. I don't know the exacts of like what each cut looked like, but yeah. But I I don't know what what the original director's cut would look like because this is it's pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know what his problem is. Speaking of bad people, uh, we got a movie starring James Woods. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. <Oof. laughs> Which gets to be number uh. number one at the box office, and uh, the last time John Carpenter can say that. Uh, this is the second to last John Carpenter directed film. This is, of course, John Carpenter's Vampires. Uh, I remember. Seeing this come out, and I didn't know who John Carpenter was. Really? <gasps> Not discover him oh, until much, much later. Shame, wow. Shame, his, shame. His, his last two movies had his name attached to it, like, you know, teenagers knew who he was because, mm-hmm. like, he made, made his bones in, like, the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I didn't know who he was. And then I went to see this, and, like, I don't care to see what John Carpenter does. Uh, I was wrong. <laughs> and everyone else, <laughs> everyone should go watch Halloween, uh, They Live. And just pretty much anything with Kurt Russell in it. How about that? That's fair. Yeah. Uh, but this is Vampires with James Woods, Daniel Baldwin, and Cheryl Lee. Time to kill some vampires. A showdown is about to begin between the soldiers of the day and the army of the night. James Woods. Oh my baby. John Carpenter's Vampires. Rated R. Oh, okay. This shot of James Woods like walking with the leather jacket and the glasses on. Yuck. I'm pretty sure that's how he imagines himself looking <laughs> at all times these He's days. He's walking briskly to date a 16 year old. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, look, about SJWs. I prefer the sequel of this starring John Bon Jovi, which is a real thing that happens. That's they're, right. They're straight yeah. to video sequels. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why I know about it, but I do. Yeah. I mean, John John Carpenter cannot not franchise something. It's just just what he does. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I don't I mean, remember. I I like I like vampire westerns. You know, I would rather watch From Dust Till Dawn <laughs> over this. Yeah. That's for damn sure. Um, it seems like it's kind of going for that same like dusty Mexican desert vibe. Yeah, it does not treat women well. That's like the one thing <laughs> what? I remember. Mm. I'm shocked. Is that Cheryl Lee? So um, Laura Palmer. Laura Palmer. Herself, yeah. 
uh, she she gets bitten by like the head vampire and starts to turn and that like creates a psychic link and so like Daniel Baldwin has her like tied to a bed and is like trying to get information out of her and torture like spends the whole movie treating her like shit and then in the end like they're going off together because they're in love and I'm like what the fuck <laughs> why that's vampires you're like the second worst Baldwin stop it <laughs> yeah he's the second worst sorry looking at you Stevie yeah. mm-hmm. um We'll talk about a bald, another bald one in a moment. Uh, but we can get into television of 1998, October 26th to, the t- to November 1st. Remember, got to remind you again, once again, it is Halloween. Mm-hmm. I tried to gather some Halloween stuff in addition to some cancellations and debuts. Reunited uh, on UPN makes its debut a short-lived sitcom about a mother beating, meeting back up with her daughter uh, that she gave up for adoption. And only piggybacking on last week's long abortion conversation, I really feel like... <laughs> The legality of abortion slowly trickled into our media in that we no longer have reunited uh, people in stories anymore. Not in our mainstream entertainment. Um, I don't think that that's necessarily I, true. Dude, I think that's a major plot line in This Is Us, all, which is one of the biggest dramas right Us. now. I have not seen This Is Us, but like ah. even going back to Disney shit, it's like all orphans all the time. And since the ubiquity of abortion, I think we lost the like given up for adoption storyline in mainstream entertainment. I'm going to have to disagree because I think that has more to do with we don't have orphanages anymore. Yeah. So the idea mm. of like the orphan A at the orphanage. Fucking kick-ass musical number. Yeah. Singing about, you know, how no hard your life around. is and then Jay-Z samples it. Like mm-hmm. that's just not happening anymore. I don't know though. I mean, there, I think there's still... That's, it still exists. I've seen it in a fair amount of modern dramas. Maybe not as much of a full plot line. Maybe like the whole source of a show or a movie or something like that. I feel like I don't. I don't see. I think I feel like that was somebody on like one person on every sitcom had that story hmm. uh, for a long time. They meet their long lost hmm. parents. Uh, we Maybe just we've just gotten away from that shitty cliche and has nothing yeah. to do with abortion. <laughs> Maybe I just look. It made me think of it. It made me think of it. Okay. Uh, look, it's a better world. Why not go abortion? <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. well, we're we gonna have like every, all the foster kids sing a song. Maybe uh, it's like that's a little harder. Well, yeah, yeah, that's rough. Um, all right, on to lighter subject. Please. Way lighter. Yeah. Uh, October twenty sixth, the uh, Everybody Loves Raymond episode. Halloween candy airs. Ooh. Diana, you'll get a kick out of the idea of Peter Boyle dressing up like Frankenstein for a joke <gasps> that's lost Yay! on the entire audience. That he makes he makes several winks to the camera as I kids know like this one. Yeah. Even I do. So. I'm just saying, most people watching you know this episode? I know the Peter Boyle reference. Okay, do you know do you know what the reference the title is referencing? Halloween candy. That I do not know. It's, it has it has to do with giving out the wrong Halloween candy. Let's see if this clip explains it. Oh. Hey, Dad. Hey, Frank. Where are the kids? Oh, uh, they're gonna spend the night at your house. You know, you didn't leave me enough candy. Really? Because that bowl was full. Oh, I almost had a riot on my hands. Good thing I found those chocolate coins you left in the cupboard. (laughs) Chocolate coins? Chocolate coins in brightly colored wrappers, Ray. (laughs) The things? You gave out the things? So what? So? You, you don't go in somebody's house and go in their cabinets and take their things and give them out, you maniac! It's Halloween. you got to give the kids what they want. 
What's going on here? I'm getting complaints about the treats coming from this house. <laughs> Teehee. Oh, my God. What? <laughs> Was it condoms? <laughs> of course, it's it definitely was, condoms. The whole episode is about how bad they want a bone, so Ray goes and buys ah. a shitload of condoms. Okay, a did they even still make those foil wrapped condoms? <laughs> because that's the worst idea ever. The last thing you need is sharp metal puncturing your condom. They, they do establish it's that like candy colored, less tin foily condom. Okay, that you. I used to get for free at the record store. Sure. <laughs> now I buy or my Or at uh, a bus stop. At a bus stop or an AIDS <laughs> research center. Seriously, I was that cheap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, giving away condoms. And I'm, it's only worth pointing out because this is like, this is such a PG show and this mm-hmm. is about as filthy as they got. Mm. And it, it is somehow even the idea of a husband and wife using condoms. Do is they like, huh? ever say the word they, condom? Uh yeah they do okay they, they do just kept they, saying they, the they, things they the deal things. with the subject of Ray getting a vasectomy oh. as well oh my yeah. favorite subject <laughs> uh, listen to a semi episode of bonus time Sam has a whole guide to it yes uh, <laughs> um, uh, oh wait can I just say this real quick please Brad Garrett is a treasure yes I really love him so there's a new and uh, I think it's NBC show out mm-hmm. right now called Single Parents. It's mm-hmm. okay. It's oh, got Taryn Killam, Taren Killam mm-hmm. and Leeton Meester. And That's not a real name. Okay, I imagine it probably is <laughs> Meester Leeton. Yeah, and, but Brad Garrett's in it, and mm-hmm. he's just a treasure. He's like the best part of every episode. So, yeah. Anyways, just a little plug for that one. And on October 28th, our national nightmare is over. The secret diary of Desmond Pfeiffer has been canceled. I can't tell if this is a cultural touchstone or imprinted on the brain of people who watched the six episodes of the Clerks cartoon over and over again because they made tons <laughs> of references to it. Um, but yes, Halloween, it's that time again, people. That's right. Yay. The great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. I love that fucking music. I love this special so much, and I'm not even going to talk about it, but it's great. It's the 32nd annual airing of It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. A fantastic uh, animated special that was then followed by Garfield's animated special, which Mm -hmm. I'm only bringing up to point out in my growing up, I thought Garfield was way bigger than the Peanuts, and then like it just, mm-hmm. in terms of television specials, like they kicked Garfield off the air like twenty fucking years ago, uh, and this and the Peanuts keep on going. It's it's third to last year on CBS, um, and the next segment will air on a different network, but it's only aired on two networks of the course over since, uh, since uh, nineteen sixty six. Huh. It is a fantastic special. Mm-hmm. They have remastered it in four K. I picked up that version. I want to paint my walls in the style of the night sky of that cartoon. Oh, yeah. It is so pretty. <laughs> I, I love it so much. It's depressing. I love the lack of adults. I love the feeling of Halloween mm-hmm. where, the, where it's the only thing that matters and there's no adults around. It's just beautiful. Um, and the only Halloween content to air on Halloween itself was uh, this little special. Diana can't see this. So uh, it's it's narrated by John Reese davies Okay. I want to see if you can guess what this is. Once each year, as October breezes bluster, there comes a most particular and most peculiar night. An anxious sort of night. Any any guesses, Di? I'm intentionally making this difficult. Uh, uh... <laughs> You'll never get it. Especially not with that John Reese davies thing and throwing you off. Uh, here's a little little more hints. Blustery is your wor- your key word there. And here the story begins, deep in the hundred acre wood, at oh the home God. of a bear named Winnie the Pooh. 
Yeah, it's what is it what called? What the hell? <laughs> Why are you doing this on Halloween? It's a Winnie the Pooh Halloween special. Boo to you too. Uh, boo to you too, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, Pooh okay. and the bee costume is just the cutest fucking thing in the world. Yeah, dude, it's some some some. It's fantastic. I love. It's not a bad special either. It yeah. looks very. It looks very. It's done with the same cast and uh, team behind the what is it the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh mm-hmm, yeah um, after, that was already off the air and this is a, a legit special that was I made in 96 definitely watched this special because my sister was a very little girl at this point and she loved Winnie the Pooh it's very cute very charming I love I'm gonna put it on the list to watch before Halloween this year I, I think. Lo- it's not that great but uh, I, I love, love, love. I a lot love of things are not that great that we watch. <laughs> I know. I love Winnie the Pooh, though. I really do. Me and too. I really didn't like that Christopher Robin movie. Um, <laughs> uh, if we can move into the goddamn video games, mm. I try to keep it light on Wait, the sound effects. I have a book. Oh, Sarah has a book. That's right. And yes, yeah, I teased it in my intro, but this is kind of a big one for that probably not a lot of people have heard about, but I definitely remember reading it. Um, after it came out, and it's called Cunt. So what? if you had sensitive ears, sorry, I'm going to say this word a lot. Um, oh, the, my. Yes. <laughs> by you can't say that. Inga Musico. I can say whatever the fuck I want. Jesus Christ. Jesus. Yeah, I told you. It's, it's the C word. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, How unladylike. Right? <laughs> Uh, it's by Inga Musico, and it's kind of a big work for third wave feminism. Um, came out in kind of at the height of all of this in 98. Um, and it's just kind of a, a celebration of cunts, basically. And huh? the book is divided into three different parts. Um, the first one, it talks about the language and the word and where it came from and how it's been used where? against women for so long. It's a very, it's an old English mm. thing that's like come up for a long time and um, kind of got turned into a negative thing hearing english people use it as no gender connotation whatsoever yeah. and honestly i'm it gonna could, i'm gonna be it could even be like a past tense <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then this the second part is about the anatomy um mm-hmm. and actual talking about lady parts <laughs> vaginas <laughs> vulvas <laughs> And then the third part is more of like speaking just about third wave feminism in general and where we go from here. Um, I think if you're a student of women's studies or you're just interested in it, I think it's definitely one to read. I just bought the 20th anniversary edition to kind of refresh myself. Did they always print the word on the cover? Yes. Huh. Yeah, it's huge. And if you read, so I, I got the 20th anniversary edition and I was reading her new foreword for it and... She talks about going to these um, cons. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> going to these book conferences, or she's trying to like sell her book, and she tells this certain story where like there is a group of teamsters mm-hmm. in I think New York who always who are like just avid readers and who love did not expect that yeah and who love uh go you know making sure that they always work these big book conferences so they can like learn about all the new books and talk to all the new authors oh shit and so she was like waiting beside like this huge box of cunts basically <laughs> like to go put set you up. gave me the courage to come out to my parents i mean kind of, these are the stories that she's telling and so she's like waiting to set up her booth and this guy's like 
this your book? This the book you wrote? And she was like, um, yeah. And he's like, guys, I found the cunt lady. And everyone came over and they all were like, we sign, please sign my book. This is for my daughter. This Can is for my wife. Can you sign my hat? Yeah, I know. So, <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's great. She's like pretty good about being intersectional about the stuff. I love in their introduction, one of my favorite lines, she says, we all have cunts and it doesn't matter if they are biological surgical or metaphorical God a cunt damn. is a cunt so yeah, yeah this is a recommend for men women and everyone in between i think it's an important work and check it out and you get to learn about free bleeding uh-huh. oh yeah uh-huh. <laughs> uh, i can't believe sarah's left me with the luxury of transitioning between third wave <laughs> feminism and 1998 playstation games you goddamn country Ooh, music listener I, that's also true about me <laughs> Going right into Arrested Development references anytime I get caught saying it. Uh, but yes, I, a PlayStation game that it's just something I find sort of near and dear. Uh, I think I will say this: I don't, I don't know if it, it, it's, it doesn't have a thirty twenty ten specialty, but there's a there's an Edgar Allan Poe story of the Tiny Toons called the Telltale Vacuum that's fucking gorgeous. It's a really pretty piece of Halloween uh, animation, not unlike The Simpsons, The Raven. Uh, and I love the Tiny Toons. We've talked about Steven Spielberg, I hope, on this show before, that like he kind of got a blank check to make any kind of animation you want after Roger Rabbit and made Animaniacs and Tiny Toons with Warner Brothers with giant orchestras and lavish animation. It holds up real well. It looks fantastic. And it kind of ran its course. Um, except in games. I didn't notice this because I'd kind of moved beyond Tiny Toons games by 1998. But five years after the show was done, they were making games with the full voice cast Um in video games and the great wow. beanstalk adventure is out and if you like the show and you want to see episodes or stuff you've missed before it's got plucky babs buster all they're all ham hampton ham hampton not hamilton mm-hmm. uh all in, in this game like with new animation and new voice work pretty neat um and who could forget this game um it's the third edition let's just say this awful playstation commercial is set in a prison made of clowns <laughs> Sweet Tooth got out today. He's probably living the high life. Circuses. Birthday parties. No, actually, he's driving a nice green truck. Get out of town. Sweet Tooth is back in Twisted Metal 3 with enough weapons to make any angry driver happy. (laughs) Twisted Metal 3 is kind of the first time the series is taken away from the originators who made the first two that were amazing and given to 989 Studios. Sony's now defunct studio that pretty much was in charge of cranking out Angel like annual shit until it killed almost all its franchise momentum. So after two incredibly well-received games, you get a not so well-received game and then another one after that. And it kind of, kind of killed the twisted metal momentum, which is, I thought it it made twisted metal made me want to buy a PlayStation. It was something I'd never experienced on another console car combat. Um, It was amazing. I loved it, but I did not love twisted metal three that much. And again, it's a, it's an incredibly pivotal time for the PlayStation one, not only is Glover out, game starting a glove, no one can stop Mr. Domino. Wait, is it the Mr. Uh, the Hamburger Helper glove? It looks sort of like, yeah. like it, It's not that guy, but it's Damn. Glover and the no one can stop Mr. Domino. Two mm. weirdo fucking games with the most some, two bizarre mascots. It's uh, fall season's coming up, so we also have, is this the third or the fourth Crash Bandicoot game? Crash, uh, Crash Bandicoot Warped is out, and I wanted to see if um, maybe Diana knows anything about Apocalypse. You might have heard something about it from your husband. Uh, it's a very, very strange, strange game that Activision put out 
And they gave a certain actor $3 million to say a few sentences in the game. Uh, and this was a, it was a developing story. And that man was Bruce Willis. Uh, we had, other than like those, those FMB games that had like entire movie sequences with Mark Hamill and Tim Curry, we hadn't really had a lot of celebrities appearing to voice video games as of yet. And Activision made headlines by saying, we got Bruce Willis in here. And they eventually like, wait, why the fuck are we paying for Bruce Willis if he's not the main character? He's your sidekick? So they mm-hmm. redid the game, made Bruce Willis the main character. Uh, it is not good. Uh, it is not good, but it's like, it's one of those milestones in terms of casting. And it really does in certain parts of it, you see why that kind of acting was necessary because you see what's what passed for video game dialogue in 1998, which was very unprofessional, <laughs> very, very cheap. Uh, but he doesn't say much. And he, here he is talking to the villain in the game, which is the most 1998 person I could think of right now. It's uh, Poe from the band Poe. Uh, oh, sir. Um, yes. Wait. Yeah, the Hello Girl. Yeah. The oh my God! Po. Really? Yeah, she's the she's the villain. I in the am game. a huge fan. That's exciting. Yeah, I, I can you I name am three back songs? On board. <laughs> yes. Oh really? Not a virgin anymore. Haunted. Uh, uh, and hello. You, and hello. You, yeah, yeah, you got it. Big ding. Sarah wins the merit badge this episode. <laughs> Here's Bruce Willis. Trey Kincaid. I'll be damned. Is it you who crashed the chopper out? That's not a chopper, baby. It's a hover bike. Never could keep your stick straight, could you? I'm sorry we haven't hooked up lately, baby, but I've been playing dead. I've missed you too much to be angry. My body becomes warm when I think of your flesh shredded. Oh, baby, not you too. Oh, I missed you. All right, all right. But that's that's Jeez. early video game voice acting with even A-list people not doing a very good job. <laughs> and I, real quick, I think by hello, I think you meant hello pretty. Hello, is that what it's called? Yes. Hello pretty, that's the title of my autobiography. I got my 90s feminism bona fides going. And that uh, is The Gams uh, for uh, 1998, October 26th. Let's get out of here with Day Sleeper uh, by R.E.M. off of Up, an album very few mm. people remember. This is not a bad song. Big I R.E.M. fan. I love this song a lot. Uh, it's yeah, like this, this. This is when I checked out of REM. Oh, everybody! All their did. stuff started sounding the same. I meant to. I'm, I've always meant to check that because it's just one of those facts I sort of have in my head. I think REM might have signed the loop, the most lucrative record deal in history. Wow! With Warner yeah, Brothers, uh, they did at the time. Yeah. Well, and at the time, and then the time after that meant no more lucrative record deals. So, like, you'll never see another one where a band gets forty million dollars to make an album or two. Mm. Uh, and I think this is one of those, even though. Yeah, the, the the bloom was off the rose with R.E.M., but I think if R.E.M. would have quit like two albums ago, we'd still be fucking talking about like the goddamn Beatles. R.E.M. is great. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so let's go out with Day Sleeper uh, by R.E.M. off of Up, and we'll see you once again in 2008. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. You mean like 
though we're pretty much in the same geographic area, I mean, uh, depending on like what type of damage was done, there'd be like one neighborhood that had power and one that yeah. didn't. We're on this like neighborhood Facebook group, and that like you start to see people get power and some people don't, and some people they're just they just want to know if there's been any progress. Mm-hmm. They're not like harassing anybody or complaining necessarily, yeah. but. And I feel like this is sort of like a southern thing, like where this like uh, virtue signaling happens, mm-hmm. where people are like, "Well, you've only been without power for three days. Go outside, talk to your neighbors, blah 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 blah." And it's Awful. It, it's it's so <laughs> annoying because I'm like, "Hey, I didn't. I'm not going over to Bay County and bitching about how I don't have power right. when somebody's house just got destroyed. We just wanted to know if there was like any update." And and it's also like, I don't want to talk to my neighbors. My neighbor is an asshole. I don't want to go over there and <laughs> talk with him. And so, yeah, my neighbors are, actually the thing that brought me outside, and this is my one of my biggest dad moments. I was so bored. I'm in here, like from my yeah. window, watching, have nothing to watch but the fucking hurricane. Like my dad mode came out, like, well, better go clear some brush, see if the neighbors need any help. And like the first thing that brought me out of the house, like I main on the left, is I'm looking across the street, and like the house across the street is like clearly a, my neighbor actually explained it to me, like a dipshit college kid who was given too nice a house to live in while in college um, in a neighborhood of mostly working people. Right. And it's there's always, like, a ton of cars there, and, like, those people clearly, like, fucking left. Well, garbage men come in two days. I'll just put my trash out. Oh, I got blown in over. hurricane? What the fuck is wrong with you? So, like, the first thing that happens is, like, this, this trash can tips over. I'm like, my wi- this is the only screen I have, my window. And my cat and I are just sitting there, like, Oh, that trash can, it tipped over. It, there are bush cans everywhere. What do I do? Uh, my cat's like, and I'm literally talking to my cat now. You know what, bitch? If you don't go out there and rescue those cans, nobody will. So I'm out there like picking up cans in the fucking hurricane. Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and for the week of october 26th to november 1st one of my strongest recommends of the year when i saw we were getting in 1968 50 years ago i was excited because it means i get to talk about seriously one of my favorite movies of all time october 30th 1968 50 years ago peter o'toole and katherine hepburn star in the lion in winter Now, if I describe the plot of this movie to you, you're going to think it sounds like the worst shit ever. It's 1183, and King Henry II is trying to decide who should inherit his kingdom. That sounds boring. But it is super, super not. It has some of the fastest, wittiest dialogue you have ever seen. Incredible performances all around, including really young Anthony Hopkins and like literal baby Timothy Dalton. He's something like 17 or so. He's just, he's a baby. And he, he can actually go toe to toe with Catherine Hepburn in, I, I think the definitive later career performance for her. She is so on fire. Game of Thrones fans pay a fucking tension right now because Catherine Hepburn is totally the queen of thorns completely based on her and the whole the whole plot of the movie was sort of the the double crossing and the backstabbing i'm sure game of thrones fans will love that too loosely based on history and it is just fun technically it's a christmas movie it takes place at christmas and that's why all the sniping is even meaner and harsher but i just 
I just love this movie. Um, just one of the best written things ever. The dialogue is just on fire. So that's my recommend for this week, The Lion in Winter from 1968. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Give me the green light. Give me just one night. I'm ready to go right now. I'm ready to go right now. Checking your smile, working your back like it's going out of style. Shake just a little bit faster. Coming in with Green Light by John Legend off the Evolver album featuring Andre 3000. Mm-hmm. Let's say yes. It's a good song. Um, yeah. Welcome. It is. It's, it sounds kind of, it's got that hey uh, beat to it. It does. Too. It does have that feel. Yeah. Welcome to 2008, everyone. Uh, it's We're talking about October 26th through November 1st, 2008. This is, this is your music portion, <laughs> even though... You wouldn't know it. We've just talked about John Legend, but new release, Coolio. Coolio's got an album, another album out. Uh, Steel Hours. This is—is is this the one where he made the the where the music video was made by Pornhub? This what? this is a thing that happened. Pornhub. What? Yeah, Coolio what? made a Pornhub music video. Yeah, yes. I did not know that. Uh, it might surprise you. Porn places have deep pockets. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah. You are blowing my they mind. They got deep a lot of things. That's on there. They like to go deep on Pornhub. <laughs> Uh, it's the, it's where I go to find all my Hamilton music and copywritten Warner Brothers mm-hmm. cartoons. Speaking of Pornhub. Mm-hmm. Uh, heart on. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> That's a heart, Sarah, oh, by man. Eagles of Death Metal. Uh, give me music by Canadian Idol winner Ava Avila. Avilia? My, I don't know if I'm saying that right. Fear Before by Fear Before is also out. Uh, Cardinal, Cardinology by uh, Ryan Adams and the Cardinals. I get it. How many bands does that guy have? I know. And 100 million. Uh, I think this is the last one with the Cardinals. Okay. And 100 million sons by Snow Patrol. That's a band. Uh, I just remember. It just reminds me of having satellite radio and delivering Chinese food and seeing Snow Patrol pop up on the. Where you could see who's playing the song and Snow Patrol pop up, and I'd be like, skip. Every single go. song is featured in Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Whatever you like uh, by Ti is still number one, and I can't say it too loud because Kitty will hear me and think she's picking your picking your cat food. It's true, you guys. Um, every time he shows her, he, it's time she to gets feed a choice. cat. He shows her two cans and sings her whatever you like. I've seen it with my eyes. It's adorable. She likes it. She she always nestles the blue one. I don't have the heart to... I don't know how to break it to her. That's the fish, which you don't eat all of, ever. Um, anyway, news of 2008. Uh, November 1st. Wow. The Three Wolf Amazon uh, reviews start. Holy shit. The Is that three, what this the started? The Three Wolf Shirt. The Three Wolf Shirt Amazon, Amazon. reviews begin. Yes. Uh, yeah. Because this was a, a, a kind of a cheesy shirt that now is fucking ubiquitous in all forms of parody. Uh, it's it's still not funny. Is it because <laughs> of the Hangover? I think it's because of the reviews that people wrote. I, the hangover might have something to do with it. I think the hang did the Hangover. It's come not first? a three wolf shirt. It's a one wolf shirt. Uh, but it I is think pretty. The it, hangover it, came first. It did yeah, come first. It okay, but it's a one wolf okay. shirt, not a three wolf shirt. Uh, I, I I saw it recently. In fact, oh, okay. I sent Michael a picture uh, where his face was photoshopped onto Zach Galifianakis getting a blowjob. I'll send that to Diana right <laughs> afterwards. It's one of the lewdest <laughs> things you can find on the internet by Googling me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you find That's Michael nice. a picture that looks like Diana's husband with his dick out. Um, it's from the ending of The Hangover. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, 
Hey, yes. remember what I said about the DMCA earlier? <laughs> Someone's getting sued. Don't Please don't Photoshop my husband doing anything. <laughs> Only just, I am allowed to see that. That you, is not for everyone else. You just invited everybody. To, I know. Please Photoshop me. <laughs> I'm dumb. Um, Please don't. It's but but this is fascinating because it's I don't know it's it's not the first time I remember like an Amazon review section going viral, but this was like this was everywhere. I think my parents saw yes. this, it, and it was fucking oh, yeah. hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious. Um, I I want to know is there a name for this genre of t-shirt because I, I kind of love this genre of t-shirt the sort of like western mythos shirt that's always it's always on black and maybe yeah. it's got like horses yeah. running in a thunderstorm yeah. or it's got like, a buffalo on a cliff I would call it like Ren Fair vendor uniform <laughs> <laughs> I'd call it uh, one of the beige van pieces from the 1970s. Sure. Also that. <laughs> yeah. If you want to wear exactly the side it of it's a van. That, yeah, it should be airbrushed on the side of a van, but we don't do that anymore. So we wear like dumb t-shirts that, yeah, you got it like the You're county right. fair. It's like I've, someone chooses to buy this for themselves <laughs> or others. I've definitely. Who cr- are these people? <laughs> I've definitely cross-stitched pieces that look like that. <laughs> I should airbrush something I, like this on the side of my Prius. Yeah. I really should. should. Yeah. I'll look more Viron. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's happening in 08. October 26th through November uh, 1st in movies. High School Musical 3 is obviously number one at the box office because kids go see shit, whereas you, you fucking adults, wait for shit to come out on demand in your Netflix. We're tired. I know. Um, <laughs> the other end of the line is a movie I have not heard of, but I, Diana might have something to say about it. Wait, let me guess. Uh, no, if it's, I watched the trailer. That's all I okay. have to say. If it's Jesse Metcalf, who's the star, I'm pretty sure, is he being stalked by someone, I feel like? No. Oh, I thought it was oh. like... That was like Laurie no, Metcalf's daughter. This is a sweet little romantic comedy with like a kind of a wacky ethnic twist. Oh, my. They taught her what to say. This is Jennifer David from City One Bank calling. They told her how to act. It's not normal for a young woman like you to work all night on the phone talking to strangers pretending to be an Americano. But they never prepared her. Mr. Woodruff, your card's been declined. For a connection like this. Yeah. Sir, our fraud division has frozen your account. What? I just got her in love! Uh, who's Jesse Metcalf? Uh, I think he was on Desperate Housewives, I want to say. Got it. And I kind of, I think the reason why I think that he was like, this was like a thriller is because I'm pretty sure he was the one being stalked in Swim Fan. Okay. A movie that has stuck in my brain for some weird reason. (laughs) I don't know why. I have not seen it. Nor have I seen The Haunting of Molly Hartley. Uh, Is this, does this have anything to do with the, uh, who was that, that duo we just did that laser time on for? Uh, horror based oh, on a true story. Uh, the Conjuring no. Peeps. The, the Conjuring People. Yeah, I don't think so. This, I I remember this as being something else, but please play as much of this out as possible okay. because it takes a hard left turn Ooh. that I was not expecting. Molly, Har- Molly Hartley's senior year was a chance to start over. Hey, welcome back. Thanks. You're better now, right? And leave the past behind her. We're not going to let anything happen to you. But she's about to discover... What the hell are you doing here? I know what you are. It's not the past she needs to fear. It's what waits for her. Do you expect me to believe that your soul belongs to the devil? When she turns 18... I can save you. <gasps> the Haunting of Molly Hartley. Lady PG-13. Start- oh, I wonder what yeah, happens yeah. to Molly Hartley. I should have watched that for our last episode yeah, on I, Laser I, Time. Yeah, I totally missed it. As as, as I missed yeah. Hunger with Michael Fassbender. But... 
PG-13 horror, no. Sometimes. I mean, I guess if it's a thriller, but if you're going to have super entra- supernatural elements, like, I want them to get extra scary, like, are scary. Yeah, gore shit, which you also won't watch, Diana. So you're making demands right. on a genre you don't <laughs> Exactly, because I am a giant wuss. So watch this one, um, PG-13. S- speaking, speaking of uh, being a giant wuss, though, look, I will not watch something like The Haunting of Mary Hartley where there's going to be spooky things popping up in mirrors and jump scares and stuff, but I will watch fucking Hunger, which is way harder to watch, mm. so suck it. What's a Hunger? What's Hunger? Just Hunger. hunger. Yeah, Hunger, not The Hunger, which is a cool vampire movie. That's why my dad says he's hunger. horny. It's Jesus. Hunger. No ladies in the room laugh at that joke. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he doesn't say that. <laughs> Why would he be telling you that? Oh, I got the hunger, son. Oh. Get out of the house for a while. <laughs> Did you give out all my condoms to trick or treaters? What's hey, wrong? There we go. <laughs> uh, Raymond Kohlberg. Uh, go so, so this is Steve McQueen, director Steve McQueen. Yes. His debut. I wish he would go by Stephen McQueen. It just makes things easier. But sure. anyway, <laughs> it's his debut. It is about the 1981 uh, IRA hunger strike in prison, uh, starring Michael Fassbender and Leon Cunningham. And it is a hard movie to watch because it's about, uh, besides police violence and political violence, it's about starving yourself to death. Mm. Yikes. We, yeah. You could see some real cut watch abs of Michael Fassbender. You watch Michael Fassbender <laughs> waste away. Yeah, Aww. it's it is a hard watch. I I love that like Michael Fassbender and Steve McQueen have become like they're they're like the De Niro Scorsese thing going because yeah Fassbender's like in his next bunch of movies. I haven't. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Widows to just Me be too. a change of pace as mm-hmm. opposed to Michael Fassbender does horrible things or has horrible things happen to him. <laughs> yes. He also did Shame and 12 Years a Slave. 12 years, that's so. his last movie, I think, at this point, 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, um, yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I watched but, that and loved it and like, I'll never watch that again. That was a lot mm-hmm. of yelling at my screen alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's painful. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see if Steve McQueen can make a non-painful movie because all three of those movies, mm. they just... They hurt. This one hurts, and it is really good. But yeah, it's the kind of movie you're going to want to watch once, and then um, eat a bunch of ice cream and cry, and maybe have some hugs. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of full frontal nudity, speaking of another hard watch, (laughs) (laughs) it's it's not that hard. No. Um, Seth Rogen and Elizabeth Banks are Zach and Miri, and they're making a pornography. The hard thing was a joke on penises. Oh, guys. I'm almost 40. I forgot Jigs did that. I was so close to saying that's what she said. And I just, just, gonna let it, just, just leave it there. Just. Uh, yeah, here's Zach and Mary make a porno. I don't think we're going to keep a roof over our heads. These are the exact circumstances people find themselves in right before they start having sex for money. What? You got an idea? We could make a porno. Not the idea I was looking for. It's all mainstream now. I don't really see myself being in one, you know? Look at Paris Hilton. She's selling fragrances to tweens, and I'm pretty sure she's legally retarded. The ones I liked when I was a kid, it was always a spoof of a popular movie. I I got got it! it. Star Wars. What? Han Solo ain't never had no sex with Princess Leia in the Star Wars. It's, it's not. This is not a terrible film. No, I watched it last night. Yeah, it's it's not. If you've watched like a, but if you watch a billion evenings with Kevin Smith, you just know too much about it. You go ahead, tell me what why do you like the movie. Oh hmm. well, basically, just a little bit of the plot. Elizabeth Banks and Seth Rogen are roommates. 
best friends for like 20 years and they're both kind of losers like don't really have can't really hold down jobs very well or not making any money they live in an extremely cold climate i was like watching it in bed like with a robe on just because like they're freezing in every shot it's always snowing i don't know why and um they like their electricity gets cut off and their water gets cut off and they're totally broke and they decide to start filming an amateur porn because they think they can make money off of that. And the idea yeah. is that they just had gone to their high school reunion and so they have the mailing list for everyone in their high school, like a thousand people basically. <laughs> and so they're like, look, if I would pay to watch blah blah from my high school to have sex, why wouldn't these people do it? That's a solid concept. I've created websites with a... Less of a dedicated yeah, audience. There's definitely some holes in the plot. <laughs> hey yo, um, but I don't know. It's cute. It's it's just I th- yeah. I thought it was really cute. Yeah, um, I like it. It does have uh, a couple actual uh, adult actors in it. Yep. Yes, Tracy Lords. Mm-hmm. Love Tracy Lords. She uh, looks amazing. Oh my god. Just yeah. About her, Katie just something or other cracks me up. And uh, Katie Morgan. Katie yeah, I Morgan. Look it up. Yes. She's got a she's got a really funny voice too. I like her. Yeah, um, and a very cute. I've dog. never seen any of her other work, but <laughs> she, she do comedy. She's funny. Yeah, no, it's really cute. And of course, oh, go ahead. Of course, we got Jason Mewes and Jeff Anderson because it's Kevin <laughs> Smith and he employs his friends. But at least right. Jason Mewes is clean and not on drugs and is very funny. Yeah, I think that might have been conditional in him getting clean. I forget if you again if you watch this evening with Kevin Smith, where he just talks and talks and talks about the process of making the movie because I think this is his. Uh, this is a, a real studio. I think he's. Mm-hmm. He's kind of broken free of the Weinstein's, or maybe this is. It's just given a. If you, I remember being in San Francisco and like this was on on buses. Like they didn't advertise mm-hmm. Kevin Smith movies outside. That never happened. Uh, and it was an interesting cross section where like um, he kind of Kevin Smith was kind of on the decline, mm-hmm. and Seth Rogen was on his ascent. And his agents or studios like, what do you want to do next, Seth? You can write your own ticket after all the great movies you've done, Knocked Up and Four Year Old Virgin, and he just said. I want to do something with Kevin Smith. And like Kevin Smith gets a call. Like Seth Rogen wants to make a movie with you. Yeah. And oh it, my it, God. The it, weed smell on this set though. Can you that's, imagine? That's the thing. If you listen to his special, the big revelation is that Kevin Smith did not smoke weed. It made him paranoid. Mm. He did not smoke weed oh. until as a, as like a promise at the end of this film, like he smoked with Seth Rogen who smoked a ton of weed. Sure. And then at this point, Seth Rogen gets Kevin Smith hooked on weed, to which he says he still smokes every day. I, wow. Again, if you saw a stand-up special of him smoking weed, kind of saved him during a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Being high, yeah, can like, can like legitimately slow the heart rate a little bit. Yeah, that, um, that makes sense. If he wasn't high, it might have been a lot worse. I kind of always forget that this is a Kevin Smith mm-hmm. joint, eh? Because, like, <laughs> I just... Kevin Smith is one of those filmmakers who... I respect him mm-hmm. and I respect what he does. I just don't like his stuff. It's like it's boys. just not my thing. <laughs> I like dogma and I like this. And I mm. that's it, really. But that's cool. I don't have to like everything. Probably like Jersey Girl. Ugh, I don't even <laughs> think I saw that. But um but I really like that it's pretty sex positive, which mm. is also I really mm-hmm. appreciate. They don't treat doing porn like the worst thing in the world yeah. and only degenerates do this or blah, blah, blah. Because they're two friends who've never fucked before and they're just going to do it exactly. to be on film. Exactly. And this is Seth Rogen at his <laughs> doughiest <Rogan-iest>. and pastiest. <laughs> like that. His, his most, dare I say, Jonah Hill. Yeah. It's almost like... <laughs> yeah, they, he's doughy, but I find him really charming in this. Like more so than usual for some reason. Thank charming. you, Diana. Yeah. I don't know what it is. There'll I, always yeah, be women right? out there like us. I'm still... A, like, I do rankle a bit at the whole 
I mean, it's Seth Rogen and then Elizabeth Banks, like gorgeous in this. And like, it's not like the other. uh, It (laughs) it rankles me a little bit that this is the pairing we get. Like, but they're friends; they're not dating. Not when it starts out, but you know it. it, Now you make a porn together, you develop a bond. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised I have to tell you this, Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) but he also, (laughs) if you listen to his talks, it's like. Uh, watching the box office also sent him in like a tailspin because this is his kind of his big shot to like it's not a view askew movie it's not connected to all this other filth it's a little lighter uh it's a mainstream movie and it tanked it tanked pretty hard it sucks uh, it's yeah. worth a watch for yeah, sure maybe it maybe broke even yeah mm-hmm. maybe it did not yeah, do that but great, it was though. not a hit Mm-mm. and that's too bad i find it i mean it is obviously pretty filthy there's lots of sex and there's poop joke and there's butts oh, and God, whatever that poop joke. but yeah, you know, not intense. something to watch with the family. Certainly not. But <laughs> Says I, you. I found it. I it was it was not quite like a oh I'm hungover I'll just watch this kind of movie. Mm-hmm. But it's heading there. It was sort of like this is pleasant. Yes, I like this. I I enjoy Justin Long. Is that mm-hmm. the actor's name? Yes. The... Okay. Yeah, oh. he's got a couple scenes and he's he kind of so steals crazy. it. If you have the DVD, the improvisation of Justin Long, it's like forty minutes and hysterical. And they do a little bit at the end, yeah. like yeah. during the end credits or right before the end credits, they do like a clip basically that's just it's obviously like him improving and then just porn, like cutting it together. Porn names, with, and I don't know why, but why it made me like Glenn Harry, Glenn Ross. With I played Alec Baldnuts. <laughs> Yes. Like, what? <laughs> what? Yes. It's hilarious. Yeah, Alec Baldnuts. He kind of steals. Like he's only in like two scenes, but he steals them. He's really good. Alec Baldnuts. Once again, it's an available Twitter name and a LaserTimePodcast.com name. That'll be our next commenter. Uh, oh, yeah. We got that comment show for Patreon. Patreon.com slash LaserTime. But before I, and that's a plug. We got to get into television because the fucking Phillies beat Tampa Bay. Oh, Wait, we're from Florida. We, we're supposed to root for I Tampa Bay. I think we're supposed Bay. to root for them. The Lightning? Who? The, Rays. The Rays. Who gives a shit? Um, ah, fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. I'm going to throw D batteries at you and also Santa. Oh, what? that's right. Diana's from Philly. Oh. Fucking Can Phyllis. you explain the fanatic? Can you Lafia. tell me what that Thank is? Thank you very much. Can you tell me what the fanatic is? Because I haven't figured it out. He's he's up. He's a fanatic. Okay. Um, he's his own thing. I don't know if he has an origin story. I was really happy to find out that Gritty for the Flyers has an origin story, and it's terrifying. <laughs> That's great. I always wondered how he joined Antifa. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. No. Actually, he's he's got a uh, a straight up Lovecraft backstory oh, about wonderful. how he's he's always lived beneath the Wells Fargo Center, but then the construction awoke him, and now he is here to be gritty at you. Oh. Okay. Uh, so, so moving into the television, into the television you might have watched, October 26th, California, Californication airs Vagina Town. I don't know anything about this episode. Yay. I just wanted to say that. That's uh, cool. I mean, it fits Town. in with my book segment. <laughs> and speaking of Elizabeth Banks, I thought this was strange. The Office is in repeats. Mm-hmm. So NBC airs 40-year-old virgin. Bizarre choice. And I went out of my way to huh. find... There, how the fuck does this air on it? There's just the most yeah. frank conversations about dicks and tits, and even like Mortal Kombat fatalities, which I don't give them credit for showing in prime time. But that's how big The Office is mm-hmm. that they'll show a sanitized 40 year old version so people will think The Office is on for a second. It's Steve Carell, by the way, he, that's, he stars in it on October 27th. Oh boy, Cars Tunes debuts on Toon Disney. Um, it's difficult to describe what these are because it's dif- difficult to calculate how much money Disney has. 
uh, that they can spend all this money making Pixar animation that me, a giant Pixar fan, will never see, will never research, or go find. Mm. But these are all the Cars short-form cartoons, usually storing, starring Larry the Cable Guy's Mater, who I just, I think it goes without saying, I just love. It's my favorite Pixar series. That's I my know, favorite Pixar I know. character. You won't stop talking it's about not it. annoying at all. And uh, yeah, uh, But how about this? It makes this? sense. I'm, um, I'm appealing to British fans. Uh, the show Dead Set. Uh, British anthology horror show debuts over uh, over mm. across the pond. I'd never heard of it. It's five episodes. They aired in uh, sequ- in each night, mm-hmm. uh, five episodes. Uh, show it's it was created by Charlie Brooker, who you may know was cr- mm-hmm. creating Black Mirror. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've never seen this, and now I definitely want to seek it out because great. He made the guy who made Black Mirror has a one season Halloween anthology show. Fuck yeah, yeah, that sounds amazing. Fuck yeah, how did I not know about this? And of course, it's that time again. <laughs> the Great Pumpkin airs for the no. This is the what is this? The sixties, forty second time yep. annual airing of uh, the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, which is excites me just because it's close enough to Halloween. Sometimes those peanut specials, I really hate to see the Christmas those timeless Christmas specials air on like November fifteenth or something like that. That's out of line. But airing this close to Halloween is perfect. Hmm. Um, and it is over. For Lazy Town on October twenty eighth. Oh no! I don't know anything about other than one of the. It's a it's a fantastic remix of Lil John and a Lazy Town song about baking a cake, but it's technically mm-hmm. the most filthy thing I've ever seen or laughed at because <laughs> this is a like six year old eight year old girl dancing with Lil John like drop that ass and like it's <laughs> it mixes very well but the video. With the uh, characters squirting icing in each other's faces as he, little John screams, skeet, skeet. It's filthy. Wow. If we don't have a closing song, we should use that one. Okay. Because <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> don't look it up, kids. It might be illegal. Um, uh, but my, one of my favorite episodes uh, of 30 Rock uh, airs today, the do-over on the 28th of October. It is a third season premiere, and it will score its highest ratings ever. Wow. Ever. Yay! Uh, highest ratings for 30 Rock ever, which sort of struggled, if you can recall, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I can't attribute it to this. I went, did my research as much as I could, but I cannot see when Netflix streamed something. But I remember I didn't, I was big Tina Fey fan. I watched an episode or two of 30 Rock, there was no Hulu, and then eventually Netflix got it, and I watched the shit out of it a lot. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I became the guy who tuned in every Thursday. It's mm-hmm. that I think they attribute it to Breaking Bad, like people discovering Breaking Bad on Netflix, and then like the final mm-hmm. season is like the highest rated season because people finally knew what the fucking show was, right? Because no one was watching anything but Netflix at that point, as was I. But I think that's I, I'm pretty sure that's what happened to Thirty Rock here, if yeah. not here, the next season, because like Thirty Rock was Netflix clearly put it at the top, like. This show is amazing. It's won all these awards. It's not rated very high on NBC, but mm-hmm. it's awesome. But it's so good. And it's so good. And it it, it, cle- it's so good, good. It cleverly wraps up the season two cliffhanger where Alec Baldwin goes to work for the White House and Matthew Broderick. And with, with the, Wait, that was in season two? I think so, yeah. And it's just it's called the do-over because he's just like, I'm I'm leaving and I'm going back to get my job back at GE. I did not know that happened so early. Yeah. Where Matthew Broderick is like writing with a pen cap. Yes. Yeah. Ooh, love it. Okay. Don't rock the boat. Uh, he's such a worm in that episode. It's fantastic. I, maybe I'm mixing them up a little bit, but it, it does have uh, Will Arnett as uh-huh. uh, Banks, the character, yes. the, the rival CEO character. It's fucking hysterical. I, I saw a thing on GQ where Will Arnett talks about his most famous characters and he lists this one. Like, it's a great 
reoccurring character on uh, 30 Rock. And it's also, I, I, I said this a while back, and it's something I can easily stand by. I've never seen Will and Grace, but Megan Mullally is the greatest guest star in the history of television. She'll be awesome on mm-hmm. anything she guest yes. stars on every time, and she'll usually do it at least eight times. Mm-hmm. And she's the, she's the adoption overseer for Liz Lemon. Right. Tina Fey's Liz Lemon. Mm-hmm. And it's this is just a cute sequence of not only her trying to convince the adoption person she's capable of raising a child, but she interviews Jenna and Siri and everyone else to see if she could be a fit mother. So you'll just hear a montage of 30 Rock characters. So this is our studio. It would be a really fun place for a kid to grow up. Lots of costumes. Ah! Watch out! We're like a big family here. Hey, Rick. I'm Fred. Rick is the other black guy. (laughs) Happens to everyone, right, Bev? (laughs) Yeah. Happens all the time to my black husband. Well, I first met Liz in 1993. She was fresh out of college, and I had just broken up with O.J. Simpson. And can I just say something? Total gentleman. Liz is a really, really mature person, and she totally deserves to get custody of her kids. It's not a custody case. Liz is trying to adopt a child. Then who were those kids you were yelling at the other day? Those were some child actors who had lied about being able to breakdance. Actually, I lived with Liz while I was separated from my wife in a platonic way. Um, but I haven't lived there for a couple months now because I've been in an anger management treatment center because I shot one of my coworkers with an arrow. I think it's a circus in the Philippines. The line goes nuts and attacks this older clown. How did we get started talking about this? Did you bring it up? Yeah, 30 Rock. Love 30 <laughs> Rock, and we haven't celebrated enough on this show. It can't all be office episode recaps. Um, but uh, yes, 30 Rock, with that pleasant news, uh, we have to say goodbye to Rap City on BET on October 29th. Oh, no. We discussed uh, Yo! MTV Raps and its importance um, a few episodes ago. It debuted on MTV in 88. And like less than a year afterwards, BET debuts Rap City. I, I don't know enough about BET to say this, but I think it's got to be one of its most long-running shows. It aired in just about every time slot you can air. Uh, at the time, it was the one dedicated place you could see a much longer block of just hip-hop, rap, all that shit. E- even when I was like coming home from high school, it was a kind of a godsend if you were sick of seeing Under the Bridge for the 45th time or the 11-minute <laughs> November rain. Like, let's see what's going on in Rap City. Uh, that says goodbye in 2008 and comes back a couple times, but nothing like Yo! MTV Raps, which will come around and stay around for like a year or a website. It's, I think <laughs> Rap City's biggest fault, and this is not fair, is its name is cheesy, but it's not as cheesy as Yo MTV Raps. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and I, a Halloween thing, I wanted to find you at least one cool Halloween thing. Adult Swim on October 31st, I believe that's a Friday, they had a Bring Out Your Dead Night. When the only Adult Swim does shit like this, and it just, what does that mean? All night, tonight, all of our canceled programming. Oh, wow. <laughs> Everything you hated, we're going to put on, we're going <laughs> to let live one more time, including. The welcome, Evan Dorkin, welcome to Eltingville pilot, which I, I absolutely love. Huh. Uh, Boo Boo Runs Wild, John Kripfaluski's, uh Yogi Bear Short, um, Harvey Birdman, Assy McGee, The Awful Minora Team, uh, Saul of the Mole Men, and Space Ghost Coast to Coast Baffler Meal, which you cartoon nerds will know as the soft debut of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Mm. Um, yeah, that happened. That happened uh, on, on October 31st, and that concludes... The television was we got a book. book shit. Yeah. Book shit. So um, this week in uh, 2008, 
we see the debut of the last novel by John Updike. He originally oh. wrote Witches of Eastwick, mm-hmm. also Rabbit Run, also um, a lot of other stuff that you, I'm sure you've read. But this one is The Widows of Eastwick. It's the sequel Ooh. to The Witches of Eastwick. I haven't read it, what? but now that I know about it, it's definitely on the list. And it follows The Witches of Eastwick. They all had gotten married and then to... Not Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Other people. And then became widows. And this is the story of them meeting up again. This is his final novel. He even, he died in 2009. Um, but yeah, John Updike is a very readable, very fun author. I really love the Witches of Eastwick um, novel. I also love the Rabbit Run series. It's kind of like a boomer-ish snapshot of a certain time. Um, mm. But I'm sure you guys are much more familiar with him because... If you took ENC 1101 or 1102, which mm-hmm. is like, you know, your basic English classes, I'm sure you read A&P, the short story by uh, John yeah. Updike. Um, that's kind of, if you, if it's kind of like the intro to short stories that people, mm. it's one of the first ones that they get exposed to, um, besides I think the lottery, which is also one that sticks out in a lot of people's heads. But A&P is like kind of a slice of life um, short story. It's always stuck out for me, and it's definitely one that you read in your like college English I, classes that you start out with. But I did it in high school. Me too, I'm actually. What? I just didn't want to brag. <laughs> 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 yeah, dual enrollment. Heyo. <laughs> but yeah, um, it's uh, John Updike is a recommend, and I have, like I said, I've not read the widow, the widows of Eastwick, um, but it's definitely on the list now. I, Which I is, is great. Have two nonsensical resentments for John Updike. Oh, please go. One, I was a big Kurt Vonnegut fan, and like every time I go through a used bookstore, it's like get it's not uh, it's not you yet. Get it get it out of here. This is the V section. I'm trying to find <laughs> fucking Monkey House. Welcome to the Monkey House. Mm. Uh, and then two, uh, there is a really good what's up dog joke in his last name that would have been awesome had the man not had his name. Uh, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. well, one of the great men of American letters. Well, <laughs> where, where does Chris's brain go? Yeah. Uh, oh, bless ya. Uh, I mean, yeah, he already please. made that joke about Dick Van Dyke earlier in this I, episode. So. Uh, I, I'm not qualified to do this, but uh, I can only fire me, so you guys are all fucked. Listen to something else. Um, <laughs> uh, moving into the video games. Of 2008. It's a bit of a biggie. Uh, a weird one I wish I could say with more authority, talk more with authority about this series because it's, it's much beloved, but it's one of those things that uh, EA kind of acquired and the series kind of trailed off after a while. And Command & Conquer 3 Red Alert was, mm-hmm. I think, where they it's mostly a PC real-time strategy game. Uh, that they this is their big console push, and there was all these big celebrities behind it. I don't think David Hasselhoff's a big celebrity, but he was in the game. Uh, and I just remember a much bigger push from a company like EA for this series that I don't remember fans loving that much, and I don't remember console audiences buying into the franchise. And as a result, the franchise kind of petered out. It's now, it's been a long time since it's been, there's been a Command & Conquer game. They're only now talking about a remaster of classic stuff. Command & Conquer fans, I hope you get your game. Uh, also in, I have no good segue, Little Big Planet is out this week. Uh, an yeah. utterly charming game that I do not like. Oh. Um, it's, yeah. But it's brilliant. It's just, 
But it's so cute. It's Little unbelievably cute. Made of yarn or whatever. Yeah, and I think um, for that generation, Sackboy was the closest thing PlayStation had to a mascot. It's this adorable little burlap character uh, that you can then design levels with. It's a very well-made game maker game where you make your game. Mm. But usually when I go see a movie, I didn't ask to make my own movie. Right. And I what I'd also and if I did, I might not enjoy it because I just have to revel in my own mistakes. I I like to leave it to the pros. So <laughs> Little Big Planet has a bunch as uh, at least three titles of like I I can't enjoy it because I have to make it. But like and and as a result of being like so open and so having so many tools at your disposal, it makes for a really floaty and like just an even when I'm playing, you can download and play other people's levels. It's just not fun enough. Like I, I want a tighter side scroller experience. But it's it's adorable. And I remember after this year at E3, Sony gave like their earnings report within the game of Little Big Planet. Like drag the characters along a skateboard past their earnings and oh, wow. quarterly ups and downs. Yeah, it was fucking beautiful and That's just something cool. you can only do with this yeah. kind of game. Uh, and right around here, oh, that'll be a controversy I can just mention off the top. They had to not recall because we're in the land of connected game consoles. They had to delete a song off the soundtrack because of some mu- scary Muslim phrasing or something like that in one of the songs that had wow. to be deleted from the soundtrack. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, it is stupid. But that is by no means, I think, the biggest title, uh, video game title of the week. War. War never changes. Since the dawn of humankind, when our ancestors first discovered the killing power of rock and bone, Blood has been spilled in the name of everything, from God, to justice, to simple psychotic rage. Ah, Fallout 3 comes out, which is a series I desperately want to love, but just don't totally enjoy playing. Because I love the motif. I think Diana would love the motif. The idea of like living in an irradiated society where everything's kind of caught in the 50s, because that was the last time anybody was capable to make (laughs) make anything. (laughs) Uh, But most people have been living underground for years and years and years, and you've... Uh, but uh, it's a beautiful series, a great motif. But the idea that, like, um, at this point, before Fallout Three, it was this top-down RTS series, point-and-click games didn't look that impressive. And it's just one of those—I don't know what Bethesda's modus operandi is—but it seems to take these old PC games and bring them into the modern age, and very, very well. They've done it with Doom, uh, something else I can't name. But uh, Fallout, this is, this is what people think of when they think of Fallout, not the actual beginning of Fallout games. This is the Bethesda of era of Fallout games beginning, the first-person shooter, uh, the massive VAT system, Pip-Boy becoming a video game icon, uh, Vault 101 becoming a shirt I couldn't escape after they gave our entire building 800 of them. Uh, but yeah, it all, it all, <laughs> Diana's laughing because her husband probably wore one. Uh, but I know, yeah, I know Michael's huge on this series. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the series. Look, I haven't played it because I suck at gaming and I end up just getting stuck in corners staring oh, at my feet. that's me. <laughs> I'm the same way. But it's the kind of game that, yeah, I can watch and play it for a little while, like watching a little movie where it's like, yeah, the deserty post-apocalypse is just really beautiful. It's yeah. just beautifully yeah. rendered. It's beautiful. It's, it's, it's very well written. It's just there's always been something a little weird and clunky about the games, its controls, and its mechanics that either doesn't gel with me I, I don't know i don't know what it is maybe the next one's the one where i get sucked i get sucked in but i've always tried 
uh, with every single game. And I, I, I wish I loved them because everyone hates it when I talk shit in the Fallout games. But I don't mean to talk shit. It just hasn't grabbed me. It's okay. Uh, it is okay. Not everything Leave has to alone. be your favorite. Leave it's fine. me alone. Uh, yeah, but that is it. That is it for 30 2010. Uh, the week of October 26th through November 1st. And where are we? we are at the end of the show, people. But guess what? You are coming up on uh, another 30 2010 comment show. It's still unlocked, everyone. Uh, thanks to our patrons at patreon.com slash laser time, which supports this show and all the other shows in the laser time network right now. You can listen to the 10 parts limited series, Elm street nightmare, which is not about Freddy Krueger, but a 10 part look at the life legacy and work of Jason Voorhees. And the series is, you know, when these series get bad, they get more fun to talk about. How about that? And <laughs> that's agree. We're entering. We've we're pretty much, Five, six, seven, we're at the height of the roller coaster, and it's all downhill from there, but fascinatingly so. Uh, even, even more fascinating than the Freddy series, I would say. Jason's decline is much weirder, because uh, he goes to space in New York. Um, <laughs> <laughs> to far New York, I mean a boat. Yeah, it's near New York. A boat and really. a lot of closed Los Angeles sets. That's what we mean by Manhattan. Uh, but yes, you can check that show out, including bonus time. Uh, yeah, we have the, the whole hurricane story. Uh, up right now, where Sam and I also yell about uh, some politics. If you if you'd like to hear a little bit of that, <laughs> um, uh, and yes, I can't I can't encourage you to, to get out there and vote enough, unless you're pleased with the way things are going. In that case, do not vote. But <laughs> but uh, yes, uh, get out there and vote, people. Uh, that is coming up yep. very soon. And yep. if you don't vote, you're not allowed to complain, and I don't want to talk to you, and you should lose your citizenship. And also, research your constitutional amendments, people. They are important. Diana, you just left a bunch of 17-year-olds very bummed. <laughs> I can't well, complain. Well, they can pre-register here in That's California, right. where we don't try to stop everyone from voting. <laughs> mm. Suckers. Yeah, it's, it's odd how voting doesn't work out for one of the sides very well. Anyway. Uh... Yeah, look, if, if it made a difference, then they would try to stop you from doing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, look! Mm-hmm. They are! They are. Uh, and... I don't have any jokes to make on that. It just depresses me too much. But get out no, there if you I'm care and you're cool, get out there and vote. Oh, and if they yep. stop you from voting, ask for a provisional ballot. Yeah. Yep. These yeah. are all of our PSAs. <laughs> <laughs> your grandparents are telling you to vote. <laughs> but yes, even yep. more than that, vote with your dollar at patreon.com slash laser time. <laughs> keep us afloat. Things they are changing. We want to keep going as they are. And we do need your support to keep these shows going. Uh, it helps support everyone at the network. It helps me personally eat and pay for everything. So uh, I, I can't thank everyone enough for the support they've given us so far. We try and give back to the 302010 audience specifically with a bonus show every month. And that'll be coming up around next week uh, or the week afterwards where we celebrate your feedback from all of these shows. Now we have to talk. Uh, oh, Diana, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at listenernerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D, or at 302010podcast302010podcast, uh, where I tease what's coming up and, uh, yeah, take feedback and tips and whatever. Nice. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. And, yes, leave us any feedback you like. But it's always easiest to read on lasertimepodcast.com. Remember, your comments live under the right episode forever. If you message me about a show from three weeks ago and you think I'm going to know what you're talking about, I do seven of these a week, so no, I'm not going to understand. <laughs> uh, so, But if you leave a comment under the site, it'll make sense, and we can put it in context with the other stuff. And there's some good ones One, this month. Yes. Once again, yeah. comment however you'd like. I'm just telling you the way that it'll be understood <laughs> the most and have the most impact. 
Um, but anyway, thank you guys so much for your support on Facebook, Twitter, and our website as well. Uh, but we got to get to some deaths real fast. It is Halloween, so I'm Ooh. guessing people, ha- other than Harry Houdini, must die. Yep. So this week we lost, uh, we got one per decade. In 1988, we lost John Hausman, who is an actor and producer. He was 86. You might not know the name. You might recognize the face or the voice. He really? had a very droll, dry, British turtle thing going. Oh. <laughs> turtle, turtle. Uh, what what would we exactly. know him from? Uh, the paper chase, and he did a lot of advertising. The- he kind of like became more well-known like pretty late in life, like into his 80s. So the guy Before from Warriors that, of the Wasp? he was like a producer. He worked with Orson Welles. Damn. Yeah, it's weird. Goddamn. Okay. That's my recommend of the week. Uh, if it's not, Halloween is not over just load up your YouTube, turn out the lights, and listen to War of the Worlds, man. That always entertains the shit out of me every Halloween. And NPR doesn't do it anymore. So listen to it on your own. It's fantastic. Yep. Okay. Then in 1998, we lost Ted Hughes, who was only 68. Uh, he was a poet and short story writer. He wrote The Iron Giant and was uh, Mr. Sylvia Plath for a time. And then in 2008, we lost Ema Sumac. She was 86, and she was sort of an... Can you say like avant-garde opera singer? I guess she's just really? like an avant-garde singer. She's she's a lot of fun. And her rap name was Poison Sumac. No, I, 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 don't, <laughs> I don't know anything about this lady. I apologize to all of her fans. But you know, with, with that bad joke, uh, we need to resurrect what's left of the show, and that means it's time to <laughs> birthday is a birthdays, Diana. Okay, for this birthday quiz. Uh, we've got someone born October 28th, 1967, so happy 51st birthday, to a four-time Oscar nominee, one-time winner, and she has a lifetime box office gross of $2.9 billion. What, wait, what, say the date Whoa. of her birth again. October 28th, 1967. Okay. Okay. She has been named People Magazine's Most Beautiful Woman in the World a record five times. Hmm. No guesses? So not- Julia Roberts. Correct! Ah! <laughs> Holy Nicely done. Yeah, I wish you could see how proud of Sarah, Sarah is. Her hands are like in the air. Yes! That was very fast. I, I do that have was to. was impressive. Because I, I was going like, Gwyneth Paltrow, that can't be. We we have to have stripped her Oscar after that vagina egg fiasco. Uh, but, <laughs> but, uh, when she gave everyone a yeast infection. Yeah, yeah. Just, you can't start a vaginal epidemic and still have an Oscar. So much badge <laughs> talk today. I love it. <laughs> We've replaced tit talk. Uh, gotta get another boy on here. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's great. Um, but uh, what were the other clues you were going to give us, Diana? I'm curious yeah. about that. This is. This seems uh, like an easy one to give s- away. I was going to do like what they did with Will Smith, which is I'm going to go through character names until oh. something rings a bell. Right. So I was going to start with uh, Laura Burney, a.k.a. Sarah Waters, which is Sleeping with the Enemy. Mm. Julianne Potter, which is my best friend's wedding. Charlotte the Spider from Charlotte's Web. Mm. Yes, Anna I would have got it. Notting Hill. Tinkerbell. Elizabeth Bell. Gilbert. Yeah, Pray, Pray Love. Tess Ocean. Ocean's Eleven. Mm-hmm. See, yes. now we're getting into the easier ones because you guys would be going, ah, ah, ah. Ah, ah, ah. And then you would have said, and she won the Oscar for Aaron Brockovich. Brockovich yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Well, I would have thrown in Tinkerbell and Vivian Ward first. Yes. Yeah. And then go to Aaron Brockovich. Wait, which one was Vivian Ward? Pretty Woman. Oh. Mm. Not my fave. Well, that, that is it for our show, everybody. Uh, happy birthday, Julia Roberts. And Diana, can we close out with this Lazy Town Little John remix? Because like, this sure. also was huge on the internet in 2008 as well. Uh, it, or maybe, maybe it's 07. Uh, but this, this is fantastic, and it's disgusting. Watch at your own risk, even though it has 34 million views on YouTube at this point. 
That's how that's how long it's been around. Uh, well, take us out, Lil John and uh, and Stephanie from Lacey Town, and we will see you next week. Put the teeth of my fucker. Hey, back that. Put the teeth of my fucker. Hey, back that. Put the teeth of my fucker. It's a piece of cake and make a pretty cake. What?